0: All right, y'all, it's, uh, well, time to start the uh, broadcast. It's Tuesday. How unusual is that to start our work week on a Tuesday? But, uh, hey, you know, it was Memorial Day. And I hope you guys spent it well and acknowledged and honored those who uh, gave their lives uh, for freedom. Uh, granted, I acknowledge as well that in the 20th century after World War II, there hasn't been a declared war by the People's House, the House of Representatives. But uh, we can discuss that and a whole lot more. As we crank up today's show, we're going to talk about the environmental um, claims, claims that the environment is is being destroyed by carbon dioxide, global warming, climate change as well. we got Gregory Wrightstone on. He's written a book that Al Gore doesn't want you to read. That's coming up. Also, uh, Courtney Turner is coming back on. She's got a big event and she's uh, if you remember her what she's overcome in her life to be not only functional, but dynamic and, and acrobatic. Uh, she's got a, an event coming up. We'll talk about it. Everything's in the show notes today, as always, at com slash listen for the uh, chat room. Sign up for the emails. Sign up for the newsletter and or just share the show. And I'm so grateful that you're here with us. Get ready. Let's crank this up for health, freedom, and healing liberty right about now.
1: The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. The Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show.
0: You know what day it is? I hardly do. It just doesn't make sense when we do that Monday thing and take a day off. and we did that yesterday. Uh, hope, hope yours was, was wonderful. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I took the kids out shooting. We went out to the outdoor range. The, the sun was shining. It was a glorious day, and people were out there. Uh, exercising their Second Amendment-protected rights because rights don't come from government. They come from God. And our ability to defend life, liberty, and property is something I don't take for granted. I hope you don't either. And unfortunately, we've got a significant segment of the population that believes that uh, the, the right to keep and bear arms is not a right that comes from God but government. Therefore, they continue to chip away at it. And let's just be honest about this. Even the Republicans aren't real good on your right to keep and bear arms as they allow for chip aways uh, throughout the various uh, uh, decades that we've been witnessing this. So I went out and uh, enjoyed it much to the uh, delight of my children <laughs> who are like, dad, come on, let's go out shooting. I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go. And I appreciate them so much for that and had a wonderful, wonderful time. And you know, when we talk about the loss of of, of those who have served in the military I don't say that to glorify those above anybody else that would serve in the military or or diminish them in any way either. But the reality is, as we look at um, the defense of liberty and the need for an immune system for our own bodies, much less our own co- country or, or, or nation, uh, there is a legitimate constitutional role for that, of course. My concern comes when we have globalists or United Nations uh, police actions pretending to be acts of war or kinetic action, if you will, that take away from the, the the seriousness with which our founders wrote into the Constitution that the declaration of war must come from the people's house, not from an executive branch, you know, oligarch or bureaucrat or a president, if you will. And so it's a very serious thing to declare war, but it hasn't been declared since World War II. Uh, now. This is not a denigration on any of the people that have been in, served in the military and lost their lives in defense of freedom. That's not what I'm saying here. But I would like to see that more Americans would recognize the constitutional way this would happen to engage in defense of our country. Heck, we are not even defending our own borders. And I and I blame both Democrats and Republicans. How many generations? How many? How many administrations have gone? Yeah, borders. Eh, eh. You know, under the law of nations, do you understand that if you have no borders, you have no nation? Just as Reagan understood, or it was it he was informed by uh, both Congressman Larry McDonald and Congressman Ron Paul at the time, back in the nineteen eighties, that if we don't have an independent treasury, we also don't have a nation. That's when they started uh, basically coining uh, gold dollars. And again, you know, remember the fifty gold uh, piece still there, uh, American gold eagles. But used to be before. Uh, uh, FDR declared the bankruptcy was in 1933, you had $20 an ounce of gold was 20 and then they removed it. I get these history lessons are important because I didn't understand them going up, going through grade school, high school, even university level. I had to unlearn a lot of garbage to learn what I know. And of course that includes healing. Now, Super Don, how are we looking for uh, our our guest in the first hour? I know we've got uh, Gregory uh, Wrightstone scheduled. He He's, like, recon- is-
1: He's reconnected. We can see him well. We're just going to yeah. hope that the audio is working okay.
0: All right, and, and backup will be the phone if if needed. Correct.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Thank you, Super D, for that. Now, I, I, how was your weekend? Did you have some fun time with the family? I'm hoping.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yesterday, Memorial Day. Yeah. We uh, went to the, they have a a local here little small town uh, Memorial Day parade where they have the veterans and the stuff go by and then the jets fly over. At the end and stuff, which was cool. So we went and did that in the morning. And then we went over to the uh, nursery and picked out the majority of the plants for the garden this year. Nice. Together as a family. Yeah. Riley was there pulling the wagon. Yeah. We got to go and pick stuff up. And my daughter, Laura, We what we're doing is they're growing a garden at their place. And mm-hmm. so uh, she went and helped me pick out stuff that we're going to grow here so that we can kind of swap back and forth. And we... We can grow some stuff that she didn't have room to grow, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, it was, yeah, it was fun.
0: Awesome. We were yeah. out in the garden, too, and, and you know, managing the things we've already planted. Things are coming up. In fact, uh, we did one row of corn, a row, but, you know, a, a significant area, but one st- area uh, this year with some heirloom organic variety, non-GMO, of course. And it was already coming up from, you know, last week, which was nice to see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We changed, you know, try to rotate the things around so it's not the same thing every year, obviously. And uh, things are cranking already. I'm I'm thrilled. And also, you know, this is interesting. On I think it was a Saturday, woke up and my son had the idea. He was gonna have some friends over uh on the back porch. It's like, why don't we put lights out there? And my wife was like, Yeah, I've been wanting to do that. And like my son was so motivated because he had friends coming over. Mm-hmm. We went we went and got these these uh, uh these kind of antique looking yellowish lights, and they were actually real incandescent bulbs. The last oh, I've seen bulb. those. Yeah,
1: those are popular.
0: And they make them in in LED. I'm like, screw LED. Give me the real ones. I don't care if Edison was a jerk, but anyway, we <laughs> we 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 hung those up within record time, and uh, it's beautiful out back there to have evenings and and did some cookouts as well. But on the uh, uh, outdoor range thing, uh, and it was this is an outdoor range that we go to, <clears throat> completely unpoliced. What? What? What do you mean? <gasps> like yes, it's open to the public, daylight hours year round, and uh, basically. People understand the safety issues with guns. The the range is hot. The range is cold. I mean, very respectful everybody. We've been there a number of times over the years, and um, and my son was so excited. I was going to go out and shoot uh, something I hadn't done yet, and it's just fantastic. I think we have a video of that, too, coming up. Do we have a picture of me and the kids? I don't remember what I sent you uh, from from the weekend. Did I send you any of those, too, or not? Yes. Oh, there it is. There's my daughter. There's my son, and uh, they've got, those let's see what i'm looking at here i think i just went warbly <laughs> oh there it is um yes it's, those are single shot shotguns that my son had picked up and uh wanted uh, uh my daughter's got a 410 there and my son's got the 12 gauge and at a certain point he has her shoot the 12 gauge and it's it's kind of funny but uh we'll, we'll take actually
1: a uh, rumor has it though you brought two other guns with you
0: Oh, yeah. Count the guns in this picture.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> wow, look at that! Yeah. So, what do you got? One, two, three, four, five, six. I Unless you know got, that. got something hidden there.
0: No, one of them's just holding uh, extra magazines.
1: Uh, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So five. Wow! Look at you.
0: Yeah. So it was a great day to get out there and and practice because you got to practice, y'all. If you think you can just show up and figure out you're going to hit a target, it's it's you know it's it's muscle memory as well. And, you know, I, I started out yesterday because it's been a while. I've been waiting for the good weather to get out there with the kids and, and do that. I started out. I was sucking the eggs. I was really horrible. And it, which, it took me just a couple around, you know, a couple of clips through to get back in the groove, just to remember. And and then I had a new firearm to uh, to shoot with. I don't know if you want to show this video. And it's not 100% perfect, but, you know, heck, you got to get. Memorial right. Day. I don't know how you're spending yours, but. Defending life, liberty, and property takes practice, and we hope that we don't have to go overseas like those that gave pay the ultimate price for our freedom. Got the Desert Eagle baby version. Nothing baby about it. Wow! Look at you. Yeah, about seven yards, I think. (laughs) Not too bad there. Yeah, I I missed a couple, but uh, like I said, it's practice.
1: That's some good shooting. Hey, look at you!
0: We'll show my daughter shooting the shotgun later. uh, But uh, like I said, I want to get to this topic. It's as important as any topic we hit in terms of tyranny, the attack on freedom based on a climate change that is you know, perpetually in motion throughout history, but is it caused by carbon dioxide? No, uh, that's just nonsense. Carbon dioxide is a greening uh, gas to help the plants grow, and then they produce more oxygen for us. You want more food, you want CO2. Now, global toxicology, that's a, di- that's a discussion I'm willing to have. Uh, but we have, for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show, a new guest, uh, and he's written a book called Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. And so I'd love to welcome to the Robert Scott Bell show, Gregory Whitestone. Gregory, thanks for being on board today. And I uh, hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend.
2: Um, yeah. Can, can you, are we good with the audio? Hope hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Oh, excellent. Yeah, well, actually I had a, I worked all weekend and I, well actually it's not work to me cause uh, I finished up a paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the executive director of the CO2 coalition as well. Uh, we're 125 or more of the top scientists and experts in the world dealing we're climate realists we're dealing with uh, climate change and the good news of the benefits of modest warming and increased co2 mm-hmm. um, so we bring that we, in fact i've got some big news we just brought on to our board of directors two weeks ago uh, john Clouser, who was the 2022 uh, nobel laureate in physics um, so he just joined us we just brought on uh, Thomas Stafford, who was an ex-astronaut, flew uh, eight missions, including the first mission uh, with the Apollo lander. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got some, we've got some, some really world-renowned scientists. Uh, what we do is we expose the lies, and it was, it was fun. I, I finished up a paper we did. We're doing a series of state and regional assessments. Mm-hmm. We've done Pennsylvania, Virginia. And I just finished up one uh, on Midwest and climate change. And it's fascinating. Uh, up next is Arkansas. And if you've, uh, uh, so it's interesting to see, take a look at what's actually happening in each state and each region to find out that that the temperature is not uh, unusually and unprecedentedly warm. Um, in fact, for the Midwest, uh, the unadulterated, the raw data shows that uh, the first five years of the of the decade of the 1930s were warmer than they are today. Um, heat waves peaked back in the 20s and 30s, uh, and the, also the thing we look at is crop growth and crops, not only in the Midwest or the United States, but around the world, um, is uh, is just breaking crop growth records, and uh, so we, we celebrate that. Uh, and of course, this is America's breadbasket in the Midwest, and uh, we're seeing it's best known for as the corn belt and the soybean belt, uh, and we see just explosive growth. Uh, there are not, not, a lot of things we can attribute to crop growth, uh, mm-hmm. technology, uh, uh, modest warming leads to longer growing seasons. And one of the biggest contributors, though, is increasing CO2. Uh, which leads to increased plant growth significantly. Uh, so that was my weekend. And then I got, I finished that on Sunday and then I, that freed me up to uh, finish up and working on my second book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping to have that done really within the next three weeks or so. What, uh, the first you know, book, yeah, Inconvenient okay. Facts, the, the, the
0: is the, what's the title of the one you're working on?
2: I haven't released it yet. I know. Really I good. good preview. Yeah. You know, you have me back home. We'll talk about it. I okay, can't. I'm not okay. going it, to. It's too good. I don't want somebody stealing it.
0: All right. Um, all right. No problem. I appreciate that. But yes, the inconvenient facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. I thought like a thousand and ten percent of all scientists agreed that CO two caused global warming. Where did you find these people?
2: Uh, you mean for the CO two coalition? They came yeah. to me, and we, we we've recruited. Uh, we're we're the preeminent scientific organization pushing back on climate alarmism. We just are uh our our chairman's dr will happer uh ph emeritus professor phd uh, at at princeton and uh richard Linsen, phd uh, emeritus professor mit Aren't work they with them with, if
0: they disagree with the so-called artificial consensus on co2
2: yeah it's uh no no there's there's quite a few scientists it's it's a lot more than 3% yeah uh, it's probably more like 50% or more that that don't agree with this. And in fact, if you look at at the uh, John Cook that wrote the most cited uh, paper on the consensus, I would be part of the ninety seven percent consensus because i I believe that c o two is a greenhouse gas and it provides some warming to the atmosphere. It just right. does it it has to. It's just not very much. And we believe that it's overwhelmed by natural forces.. Um, cool.
0: And I, I, Gregory, I would argue that the real issue, if we would find right and left coming together in terms of the politics of the environment, would be toxicological issues that are genuine and and damaging to the human and animal species, and that would be, you know, let's say a a, a train wreck and a derailment that spills PC, ultimately PCBs and other things. But yet the global warming crowd, the CO two crowd, said little or nothing about that. It's like the real environmental disasters they ignore.
2: Well, just look at. The big one, the the big hypocrisy right now is what's happening off the east coast of the United States, with whales and dolphins wa- washing up dead, washing up on beaches right and left, while they're putting up industrial scale wind farms. And Greenpeace is silent. All of the environmental groups are silent, even though there are only some three hundred right whales left, and these industrial scale wind facilities are going to be right in the path their migratory pathway, and uh, they've got. Some 1200 what are called takings that are by these uh, industrial scale wind farms, which means there'll be injuries to three times as many right whales are that are in existence. But yet these the, all of these groups uh, are are silent. and we have Dr. Patrick Moore sits on our board of directors. He was a founder of Greenpeace and left it because he started they, they just went off the rails. Uh, he's a, he's a true environmentalist. He was on those those uh, boats back, if you recall, back in the in the 1970s and uh, early 80s when they were getting in front of the whaling boats. He right. was. They shot harpoons over his head. Wow! To kill whales, and he's he's criticized them tremendously for remaining silent while whales are being killed.
0: Yeah, it's, it inconsistency within the environmental groups is is uh, you know almost legendary at this point. And, I think that when you ask the average folks about what is a real concern in terms of environment, you go, hey, toxicological burden is poison impacts like that. But to find out that uh, CO2, which only makes sense, I could tell a grade schooler this and they'll get it, you know, that it's you exhale it. And guess what? The plants love it. They use it for their own growth and also to give us back a gift of oxygen for us to breathe in our atmosphere a beautiful balance, and the more CO uh, two, yeah, obviously there's a, 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 an extent to which CO two can become excessive, but we're not getting there anytime soon. Uh, and the benefit is, of course, more food. But yet we're seeing these global environmentalists wanting to reduce population by any means necessary, uh, rather than volunteering themselves off the planet, they try to volunteer us out by a, you know, I would say nefarious schemes and methods, oh, utilizing the pharmaceutical poisons that we found out in COVID. Ah, uh, turned into an absolute disaster. The claims that mRNA injections would save us. So we got more and more of this corruption within the so-called environmental movement that has been captured by a globalist Marxist agenda to reduce population.
2: Yeah, we've got. If you we, you just spoke about carbon dioxide and their aversion to it. We're at today, as we see here today, we're at four hundred and twenty parts per million of CO two in the atmosphere at uh, ppm. The average throughout Earth's history. Uh, was was 2,600 parts per million, six and a half times what it is today. Life thrived and flourished. And if we look back through again with my book, I lo- I'm looking it back through, like, comparing temperature and CO2 on the scale of hundreds, thousands, and millions of years. And any scale you look at, there's no correlation between increasing CO2 and increasing carbon dioxide or uh, increasing temperature. In fact, just the the reverse occurs is that uh, if we look over the last 800,000 years, we find that temperature changed first, and then CO2 changed in relationship to that temperature. And that's because the oceans are the great sink for carbon dioxide, and a warming ocean expels CO2. So as the oceans warm, and it takes probably uh, either four to 600 years, somewhere around 500 years, for oceans really to slowly warm up. And as they warm, they expel CO2, mm-hmm. or excuse me, they, they suck yeah. up CO2. The CO2 it's, yeah. the, it's, it's the cooling cooling oceans absorb a lot of CO2. I had it wrong there, excuse me. Okay. And that's it's it's just opposite of what you might might expect because it, if you think of a, a liter jar of ginger ale in the mm-hmm. refrigerator that's cold, and you open it up, that CO2 inside just goes, you yeah. don't get much. Put that same liter jar on your patio in in the sun in August and then open it up. And it'll be like a volcano. And that's because the warm mm-hmm. ginger ale is expelling that carbon dioxide. The same We see the same thing with the oceans. Cooling oceans absorb, warming oceans. Uh, ex- I, I'm doing it again. Are you uh, on Cooling vacation? oceans absorb you and warming. Too hard, yeah.
0: Working yeah. too hard through the weekend. We're talking- oh, I did. With Gregory Wright rightstone, I shall say, uh, co2coalition.org, co2coalition.org. His current book, Inconvenient Facts, The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. An unnamed new book coming out we're excited to hear about based on uh, what he knows. And uh, what is the sense of, uh, uh, let's say, our success in impacting, uh, let's say, from a legislative perspective, uh, the rollback of, of such uh, draconian regulation to eliminate CO2 uh, that would turn us into a third world nation in terms of energy utilization, access to, you know, the, the, the quality of life we've come to know, uh, and, of course, disallow even the innovation that occur in a free market to produce energy in a cleaner way, uh, despite the fact that, yes, some CO2 will be the result. But again, it's not the issue when it comes to environmental concerns.
2: Well, let's, before we go there, you mentioned my book. Just last week, it was backed as a number one bestseller in three categories on Amazon. So after six and a half years, it's still relevant today, and people are dri- thriving and driving to buy inconvenient facts because it is so readable and it's written for non-scientists. Uh, but to get the legislative we're we're being we're being challenged we've got all these problems. One of the big problems we have is not just legislation. Uh, we could fight that. It's the uh, unelected regulatory agencies like Department of Transportation, Environmental Protection Agency, um, uh, DOE, they're they're coming up with regulations that are in effect, uh, killing gasoline-powered vehicles, killing coal and natural gas uh, power plants. And just in the last week, we've seen just some horrific regulations imposed. EPA uh, imposed the. They're using the the uh, 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 what was called the endangerment finding uh, that was made back a couple of decades ago. In fact, we, we filed an amicus brief in support of, of overturning that. Uh, but the, they, they filed a new regulation uh, restricting uh, CO2 emissions from power plants, which hadn't really been done before. And what that they're going to do is require every power plant to put on extremely expensive carbon capture and sequestration. Uh, it's going to drive virtually all of the all of the uh, power plants out of business. And they're going to make us reliant entirely on wind and solar. And if we look at electricity, I use three words to describe what good electricity would be. That's reliable, abundant, and affordable. Mm -hmm. Um, You only get that with natural gas and coal. Uh, Nuclear is reliable and abundant, but it's a bit more expensive. Um, And wind and solar are none of those three they're not abundant they're not reliable uh and they're not affordable
0: they still rely on a lot of battery technology because you can't deliver a solar except when the sun is shining and the wind if it's not blowing you're not delivering it and so the battery technology if you're an environmentalist a true one you got to be worried about the way you rape the land for these rare earth minerals and leave open scar pit mines it's just, and much less you know in china and other areas where they don't have what you call labor laws, protecting kids or or poor folks. It's like it's so inconsistent in terms of uh, their agenda. It isn't about anything but destroying freedom and bringing America to its knees and allowing us to live barely at subsistence levels in large boxes in 15-minute smart cities that will only be allowed to come out as long as we comply with the next vaccine mandate.
2: Yeah, and you talked about that in China. They're using Uyghur slave labor. Uh, for solar panel uh, factories, uh, we're getting our our uh, cobalt from uh, not slave labor, but youth. Uh, they're using young boys, as young as ten and twelve years old, to mine uh, the cobalt. Uh, these guys are going into uh, into these these mines and, and being killed and buried alive in the Congo. It's it's a horrible situation, and so it's, it's really blood energy is what we're talking about. Uh, and I, 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 There are all kinds of crazy proposals out there. of Other energy, uh, fusion energy is one of them. Uh, I think I, what I, I like uh, small modular reactors. I think that's that's the coming trend. That they, these are things that uh, there've just been a couple that have been completed and coming online, um, and they those those things aren't the big big reactors we've seen before. And so nuclear, I think, has its place. Uh, but right now, natural gas. And in fact, coal we can we can burn coal um, and make it clean enough that the only thing that comes out that smokestack is the miracle molecule, carbon dioxide and mm. water vapor. Um, and so, coal-fired electricity. If you look around the world, there are billions of people. There are four four hundred million people in India alone that are uh, energy deprived. They're uh, they don't have access to electricity, so they're still cooking on. Dried dung and wood in their homes. Of course, that leads to things like glaucoma, lung disease, all sorts of their, the UN estimates four million people die a year. Those are four million people who die a year that could be saved very easily by providing them full fired electricity, and that's what India is doing. Prime Minister Modi has an objective to for 100% of electrification for the subcontinent of India, uh, and he's going great guns. They're they're. Increasing their coal production and coal-fired electricity production greatly, and you know China's is Gregory, going even more.
0: Gregory, do you know if in India they're utilizing some of these advances in in technology and burning cleaner? Because I know China probably isn't.
2: No, they're uh, they're not. There, there are only a few com- uh, coal-fired plants in the United States. The Turk plant in Alabama is one that's mm-hmm. that uses complete coal uh, clean coal technology. Um, our, our plants are are really clean compared to ones in China. But yeah, so
0: right. the, the point of these environmentalists is like they don't give a flip what's happening in yeah. India and China. They only are targeting the Western uh, democracies and, and, you know, the freedom loving Americans, if there are any left. Uh, the question is, when confronted with these facts, do you find any so-called pseudo environmentalists changing their mind about CO2 and recognizing what
2: this agenda is and what it isn't? Uh, you know we've had people come around. we've had uh, uh, some professors recently that have that have joined us that, that got out of they they're just sick of what's going on in academia. um they've they've uh, seen the light. I've got I've got one gentleman that's doing carbon capture, and he says, I can't do it anymore. I'm supporting a lie. Uh, we're I'm helping people strip what should be a beneficial molecule out of the atmosphere. Um, and so, uh we i i think we're winning uh, what i see when i travel around the country is a great thirst of people wanting this information that we provide And one way to get that is i have a smartphone app that's free so i'm not making any money It's a smartphone app if you just search uh for inconvenient facts on uh, google play or or the app store go get it okay um okay. and so inconvenient facts uh, uh, smartphone app it's it's wonderful it's got 60 of the of the top facts that you can use you can have this in the palm of your hand um, and, and that way uh, if you if you go on your Thanksgiving dinner with your idiot nephew Billy and we all have these idiot nephew Billy's and Billy's Billy says uh, hey hey Uncle Robert are uh, did you know the polar bears are going extinct and you can pull out your smartphone app? you go, wait a minute, Billy, here's fact number 53, and that's actually what it is on the smartphone, Mm -hmm. uh, showing uh, 60 years of polar bear population, Billy. And you can go right and it's got everything on the smartphone app, I've got what's the source of the data, and then there's a little bit of explanation. In that case, I've got a video that I created that's related to it. So, it's... uh, We rolled it out on the Glenn Beck Show a number of years ago, Mm -hmm. and it just exploded. and two days later, Apple removed it from the App Store. Uh, they said that it lacked compelling content. Wow. Really? Yeah. Take a look at the other climate change alarmist apps. They look like failed middle school science fair projects. Right. This thing's right. a state of the art. This is um, clearly
0: why we're banned on YouTube, Spotify, and LinkedIn, because we're just not bringing you compelling content.
2: Uh, that's my, it. Yeah.
0: You know, well, look, it's a badge of honor at this point to be
2: banned. Well, and I'm... Yeah. You you might be interested to know I I'm banned permanently from LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so my very my very last post on LinkedIn because they started everything I was posting I'm a scientist I posted peer-reviewed scientific information I I posted stuff from NASA from NOAA mm-hmm. and uh, my very last post I said I think I'm about to be banned and deplatformed by LinkedIn they removed that post called it false and misleading. And then they banned and deplatformed me. Now that's funny. You can't you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And so that was uh, almost two years ago.
0: Well, the regulators of of course are are protecting the industries uh, that are profiting off of and agendas that are weakening the U- United States. I will say, if you haven't met him yet, my my good friend Jonathan E. Mort, He's a, a U.S. FDA attorney, I and mean, not with the FDA, but beating the FDA eight times. He's won in court against them and other agencies, and he found out that even when the agencies lost and he won, the agencies flouted what the courts told him to do. So he's decided to run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine in the next election cycle. He is whooping up on the Republican field right now, dominating them, getting ready uh, for the after the uh, primary to go into the general against Tim Kaine, and and he's all about what we're talking about right here. And imagine and what's, having what's the this, champion. What's his, what's his e. Moore, name again? Jonathan name? Ford. E-M-O-R-D, 4-V-A, E-M-O-R-D, 4-V-A, and he's on with me every Thursday doing the Sacred Fire of Liberty, and I think you would be uh, intrigued to know he's very connected to the good scientists and and should be connected to you as well and vice versa because he can go into the U.S. Senate and eloquently uh, elaborate on these issues and bring about a constitutional response that is appropriate as opposed to what the bureaucratic oligarchy is doing in determining-
2: I love love to connect with him. I'm sitting here in Arlington, Virginia right now, uh, near the belly of the beast. So there's uh, Emord for VA. I'll check that out.
0: Yes, Um, and uh, he has our full endorsement here. And uh, you'll like his policies on all of these issues. He's a constitutional guy through and through. To me, when I hear him speak, I've said this many times over the years, I close my eyes and listen to his lectures, and I feel like I'm among the founding fathers. And yet uh, he has operated within and against the oligarchy as it stood and has written an excellent book about the progressivism uh, movement in America from the 19th century to today. That is uh, without peer in terms of its, uh, you know, it, boy, what he did in terms of homework for that book to help you understand how we got here, which I think you appreciate. Yes. So you're not going to tell me the name of your new book. <laughs> Can you at least tell me a little bit about where it's going, you know, as far as yeah, sure. now, it's
2: it's about the the. It's in three sections. It's about the many benefits of of uh, modest combination of modest warming and increased CO two. Uh, and in fact, the second section I go through climate facts in the first section, uh, just going through temperature CO two data through time. And again, mm-hmm. as a geologist, I put things in the long term perspective. And uh, the second section is one of my favorite subjects. Uh, is the strong relationship between uh, temperature change and human history and we see that there's a strong relationship between the rise and fall civilizations and the rise and fall of temperature and, and it's just opposite of what we're being told we find that uh, throughout Earth's history dating back to the earliest civilizations uh, the Babylonians, the Hittites the Assyrians uh, the first of Mycenaean cultures in, around the Mediterranean all of these rose up during the Uh, a very warm period called the Minoan Warm Period or the the Bronze Age Uh, and then it started getting cold and it led to what was called the Late Bronze Age collapse. All of those civilizations around the world, even the Harappan civilization, India uh, collapsed all about the same time related to this cooling period uh, which went into what was called the Greek Dark Ages and so for many centuries it stayed cold and it was it was not good and it, it was related to the uh, the uh, uh warming periods the next was the roman warm period and again we have uh, great civilizations including romans um mm-hmm. uh, but again rome and their armies they won and conquered much of the known world at that time um uh, they you know armies move on their bellies and food was bountiful during that period uh the the world's breadbasket was in North Africa and and, and Egypt at the time, uh, so life was good in that in that second and that other warm period. And then again, it got cold, and we have the collapse of the Roman Empire, the Dark Ages. Things were horrific. Uh, so, this time and time again. Uh, we see that uh, the warming periods were, were hugely beneficial. Ecosystems flourished and humanity prospered during the warm periods. Uh, in fact, during the last. Uh, warm period was called the medieval warm period, uh, the high middle ages. Like, again, food was bountiful, people prospered, um, great civilizations, then it started getting cold, and these great empires started and civilizations started collapsing. Uh, each one of the cold periods were associated with crop failure, famine, pestilence, and mass depopulation. So the secret here is if, if you were Emperor Robert um, And in a cold period where you were fat and happy, but if you're Emperor Robert going into a a cold period, you weren't very safe because they depended on your subjects. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'd make a great emperor, but your subjects would depend on you to to give them food Mm -hmm. and protection and crops start failing. You can't feed your subjects. They're coming after Emperor Robert with their pitfords. And that's what we saw. We
0: Which saw these. I'm these. interested in not becoming emperor, but that's beside the point. But I, the, analogy, the history, the examples that you've been giving are very important. And I look forward to the release of your next book and then we'll find out the title and have you back on for that, too. Uh, but this is a kind of discussion that needs to be happening, as it has here rationally, uh, about real issues of climate in the history to the present and what it portends for the future, as opposed to the climate alarmism that is not rooted in real sound science at all or rationality and critical thinking, but in fear mongering for world domination by the few over the many, uh, rather than in freedom that we can innovate our way through and, and beyond these things and recognize, as I said, the real issue with the environment is toxicological burdens that impacts conservatives and liberals alike. And if you have kids, you don't want your kids toxically burdened and poisoned no matter what politic po- political party you're a part of or, or not a part of. So I think if we could talk about those real things, we have innovation and technologies that can clean up those things as well.
2: yeah you know, I, 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 I'm with you on that. And uh, the other thing we can do is is utilize the resources we have here in the United States, in particular natural gas, where uh, I'm a geologist i did, I was the co-author i hate I hate to call myself an expert, but uh you, you know if somebody says well, i'm an expert you probably should turn them right off but, yeah. but i i was the co-author of the first comprehensive paper on the, the world's largest natural gas field which is the marcella shale i did some of the early research on that and some three mm-hmm. other shale fields led the, the innovative uh creation of these the shale reservoirs in the united states so that gave me the opportunity to talk all over the world in ireland uh, I spoke at one of the first shale gas in fact i was the the keynote speaker at one of the first shale conferences in china uh, also in india so i i i know a lot about this and these shale reservoirs we have here are just enormous yeah, we, we, we looked strategy. at the marcellus shale we looked at at the time we were doing that research the top 10 conventional natural gas fields in the world combined did not equal what the Marcellus was. Let that sink in. That's how big it is. The top ten conventional fields didn't even equal what the Marcellus was. Thats and we have huge. the
0: capacity for energy independence and abundance, if you will, in that regard. and and again, the innovation and freedom to utilize these technologies in a much cleaner way, which has already been proven to have occurred here, whereas India, as you mentioned in China, are going full bore on coal and not concerning themselves at all with environmental impact in a real way, the toxicological burden we've talked about, mercury in the air, et cetera. Uh, so we've got a lot more to do. And uh, I don't know if you've met Dr. David Martin. He's also in Virginia. Uh, he has developed or worked with scientists to develop a, a technique to reclaim the tar sands in America, much less Canada, uh, to leave beautiful soil in, in, in return that you can grow organically in if you want. And we have clean, the cleanest version of that and even recover the old tar, you know, that was used to, to pave old roads that just lying there doing nothing. So there's a lot of innovation that's occurred, but the EPA and uh, the leftists that are all about global warming don't want to see that utilized because it would ruin their agenda to weaken and destroy the freedom that we have in America because of our energy uh, abundance, if you will. And I appreciate all that you're doing as a scientist to, to, to make a sound argument that is very hard to refute because it's it's actually documented and uh, often peer-reviewed published even though i know peer-reviewed literature can sometimes be sham peer review in an era where they try to alter reality you know by by claiming something that isn't exactly correct we've seen that in the COVID era recently but it impacts of course environmental issues as well so i do appreciate greatly what you're doing
2: yeah thank you I mean, that's the problem peer-reviewed has been modified now it's pal reviewed they have their buddies reviewing their own uh they're they're reviewing each other's documents and and putting them out there into the journals and it's very hard if you have a contrary paper Uh, that's uh, we find that with very
0: box you you know you won't get published or you'll get uh, you know removed if you are published and again i've seen it because my area in natural health and healing the vaccine industrial complex has been now proven, but very extensively, to be a, another sh- sham and scam in terms of peer review. But it's about an agenda, and anybody that legitimately says, "Hey, there's a problem here," they won't get published, or if they are, they'll be retracted. So, what you're seeing as well in the, in the field of energy and climate science is the same thing.
2: It is. In fact, we're doing uh, focus groups. We're we're right in the middle of a focus group study right now, and uh, early indications are is that people have really had a sea change on on their what they believe about the experts and who they trust and it's it was covid that's driving this they've because of COVID, covid yeah. people understand that they've had um they've heard experts making claims and uh, um, you know saying making claims and making statements as being factually correct or later turned out to be wrong yeah very
0: wrong and, and yet those of us who have pointed it out, including yourself, are derided as, you know, some something that we are not. And, of course, that's all they have resorted to, name-calling ad hominem attacks because they can't address the science that you bring forward. If you haven't read it, yes, it's been out for a while, but maybe this audience didn't know about it. Inconvenient Facts, the Science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know, still valid today, as well as uh, the upcoming book without a name, or at least if it has a name, he's not revealing it. But I know that I'll have you back, uh, Gregory, uh, when it comes right. out, because I'm encouraged to to talk with someone who has the integrity and intellect to address these issues without uh, vitriol, anger, and and rank emotionalism that defies the ability to think clearly.
2: Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, actually, I'm I'm still emboldened though with the, the success of this book. That's after six books should not still be a number one bestseller after six and a half years, and so I. Uh we 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 don't know exactly what's been driving sales. It's uh uh I, I've been endorsed by quite a few stellar uh people. Candace Owens was one of the big names that have come out. She mm-hmm. found my book, uh, read it, and then on one uh, my my sales just exploded one Saturday morning. He's got it. Said, my right. brother called me up. He said, What's going on? He said, You're 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 this is a, you're not highest rank you've ever been. This and and I said, Well, I don't know. We found out by Sunday that she had on her podcast, uh, she held the book up and said, This book has changed everything I believe about climate change. Mm-hmm. Everyone listening to this uh has to go buy this book and read it.
0: Yeah. Well, go get it. Gregory Wrightstone, thanks for being on board the Robert Scott Belcher for the first time. Hopefully it won't be the last.
2: Thank you very much.
0: All right. Take care. Great book. I can tell already. And I'm looking forward to the next one. That's the kind of real science that's communicated in a way that can land that needs, we need more of that. We absolutely need more of that or else we're going to end up again, very impoverished uh, poor would be the understatement as you're cold in the uh, the winter and, and boiling in the summer, because those that want to rule over you and dominate you with false information regarding the environment, uh, Well, they own the airwaves outside of the new media, which we're a part of, yet we're banned in so many places, yet glad to be here with you. So, again, thanks to Gregory there. Uh, Great interview. Hey, Super D, uh, coming back to it, uh, this idea of uh, uh, the environmental discussions that we have from time to time here. Mm -hmm. I just – I must have been a Kevin Tuttle special because I didn't know about him until today, you know, or until we knew he was coming on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that came by way of uh, A.J. Rice's uh, published uh, PR firm.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, and again, we don't usually go by PR firms unless it's Kevin, uh, because most of what well, we um, get sent is not
1: interesting. A.J. A, a good guys, guy, yeah. and he, he gets some interesting guests. We had him on the show, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I like him. And uh, yeah. that was a great, great uh, uh, resource now that we have. Uh, going back to the uh, the opening, we didn't get to that. Uh, it's, uh, from the Brownstone Institute, a cheat sheet for legislators regarding the WHO and health emergencies. And we see the, these global organizations that are unelected bureaucrats. Uh, certainly we've seen unelected bureaucrats in our own nation, uh, regarding EPA, FDA, et cetera. But when we get on the global level, it gets even worse. And the WHO wants to dominate the entire planet and all of the countries and all of the people with whatever they say goes, even if it's a phony, uh, epidemic or pandemic. And this lists a number of uh, points that we'll go through real quickly here. And I know we've got some other articles to cover about FDA, and we got questions of the day a little later. But this cheat sheet for legislators regarding the WHO and health emergencies, number one, the World Health Organization is not independent and is significantly privately directed. And you know, of course, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and and their uh, intent to vaccinate everything that that moves, lives, and breathes, uh, both human and animal, if they can get away with it. Uh, But those contributors are greatly uh, corrupting uh, the so-called science in order to promote an agenda that results in the uh, utilization and purchase of their products. Uh, Number two, people in democracies cannot be subject to dictatorships. Yeah, I know that in theory. But, you know, the WHO is probably a little bit of a democracy, too, because it takes votes. Uh, You know, the WHO, like the UN, has votes. But remember, what's the danger of democracy? and this is not discussed enough in terms of uh, types of governments that are available to you, a pure democracy is mob rule. Now, you know, you know, the classic example, I've said it many times, and I have my variation on that, you know, two, uh, what was it? Uh, Two lions and a sheep voting on what's for dinner or something like that, you know, basically. And my version is of course, two oncologists, those are known as cancer doctors that love to do chemo, radiation surgery and nothing else and a homeopath voting on how to treat cancer, your your cancer, for instance. And of course, you know which way they vote every time, unless maybe it's themselves or their own family members. So you know that at the heads, the highest levels of these oligarchies, including democracies that are not democracies or or full on, uh, you know, for freedom that defend individual liberty. As we recognize, mob rule is collectivism ultimately, because it's who who gained favor, who has convinced the most of you that something is so, even if it isn't. And the ultimate minority is not being black or red or yellow or gay or whatever. It's about being an individual. And that in a Republican form of government, which is unique to the United States of America, if it were an activation, in fact, if the Constitution were in force, the ultimate protection is the protection of your individual liberty. Not because you're a member of a group or not a member of a group that's favored, but because you are an individual created by God, not government. And there is no other nation on the on the face of this earth that was founded with that principle, as far as I know. Yet to see, there are the others have modeled their constitutions over ours, but they don't have at the dawn of it a declaration of independence that stated very emphatically from where our rights are derived and what government is here to do: protect our rights, not violate them, and not even give them and take them away, because rights can't be given; they are yours by virtue of your very existence. They can only be. Taken away by force or fraud and deception. So number three on those lists, the who is not accountable to any uh it, it, not accountable to those it seeks to control. Right? It it wants to control your behavior. Do you think that it gives a flip that you say, hey, hey, my right, my right, what about my rights? They're like, your rights are whatever we tell you they are. And we've seen evidence of that within our own country as we move further and further away from constitutionally limited government. Number four on this list, this is in the Brownstone Institute. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Centralization through the WHO is poor policy by incompetent people. Have you figured this out? Centralization is not a good play as far as freedom goes. It's a way you dominate the innovation that can occur in freedom that is destroyed by centralized bureaucracies. Approaches to health. Only in collectivism can it succeed, but not succeed in improving your health, but in uh, improving the bottom line of the the pharmaceutical companies that have uh, curried and purchased and gained favor in those centralized bureaucracies, WHO inclusive, but we see it again in our own U.S. FDA. Number five on this list, real pandemics are not common and are not becoming more common. Pandemics are happening due to artificial induction of experimental, uh, you know, amino acid protein sequences claiming to be new viruses that they, they would like to claim it naturally occurred and just escaped not from the Wuhan lab but from a wet market in some way. That real pandemics are the result of destruction of the environment, not due to more CO two, but destruction due to toxicological burdens, filth, poison in the streets. Sewage running in the streets. This is the source of pandemics throughout history, not random new mutations. These mutations are occurring in laboratory settings and unleashed on humanity for the promotion of an agenda, a centralized power structure on planet earth. And they have utilized our fear of germs and pandemics against us. The Robert Scott Bell Show, I'll say it in the third person, has been one of the few places in broadcast media since 1999 that's been pointing, I've been pointing this out, Our fear of germs is our vulnerability. The pandemics, the scamdemics, the plandemics. Even if the disease, quote-unquote, disease, the symptoms are real. They are not naturally occurring. They are artificially induced by toxicological burdens, nutrient deficiencies, poison in a pill, poison in a syringe, and poison engineered in laboratories like UNC Chapel Hill then exported Barrick et al. and Fauci to Wuhan in China pandemics, the real ones, are not happening via this method. They're happening because we have filthed up our environment. Yes, stop up your toilets, have your neighborhood trash collectors never come again, and find out how healthy you can remain in the midst of that kind of decay and debris and garbage and filth. And you'll understand the source of pandemics is the terrain, the destruction of the terrain, not the germ itself that is given rise by the terrain. But the terrain that precedes it you give you give the terrain and what grows there grows there appropriately clean up that terrain find that balance in nature and you find that disease is the anomaly and you look at what is the anomaly oh look that person was exposed to something like a toxic injection for instance or heavily drugged to the point where the liver no longer functions and they can't remove the waste from their own body and that gives rise to what microbes that they say are causing disease Yet they're the result of disease. So good article by David Bell, uh, not related, uh, at the Brownstone Institute today at robertscottbell.com. Thank you for uh, being here and checking all of that out and signing up for the newsletter. Text my initials RSB to the number 22828. That's right. Text RSB to 22828. If you're not already getting the newsletter, my gosh, get on it. Super Don sends it out from time to time. You won't get too much. <laughs> if anything, you'll complain, I'm not getting enough. And, uh, that's, I'd rather have you want more. I think Super Don would rather have you want more. Actually, he'd probably rather be able to send it out more frequently, but as busy as he is that it gets out, I get, I see in the morning, sometimes it go, I'd like, oh, Superdome, look at that. He didn't sleep last night. He got the newsletter out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Am I describing it correctly? It, it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get, I get far, far enough ahead of the game that, uh, yeah, I, it takes me a little time to put one of those together.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up this hour, uh, you have a story from the defender about the FDA. flagrant, Flagrantly, say that word, flagrantly. Flagrantly. It's a flagrant foul, violating law requiring it to protect the public from wireless device radiation. But qu- clearly this is not unique to the FDA because they, they, they flagrantly violate the law in protecting us from drugs and vaccines. So why would this be a surprise?
1: Well, it's interesting here because, like, apparently here, according to the article, uh, Congress in 1968, the year I was born, mm-hmm. uh, passed this Public Law 90-602, which declared the public health and safety must be protected from the dangers of electronic product radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to this, the FDA kind of just acts like that law doesn't exist. <laughs> It's just old, you know, I mean, it's, it's 50, come on, it's 54 years old. We don't have to pay attention. To we don't that. have to, f- isn't there a statute of limitations on that somewhere? Yeah. And, and, you know, you figure what was going on in 1968 compared to, I mean, what's happening now. Now you've got oh. the cell phone towers and the 5G, you know, they're, they're worried, they're already, uh, working on 6G now, um, And, you know, I mean, you know, I I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. There's probably other people that are watching this, listening to this right now that, you know, they follow the news and the studies that are coming out. Dude, there's more. It's like everything else that rant that I go on every once in a while where it's like we're stupid. We're killing ourselves because we come out with this neat thing here. And then 20 years later, it's like, oh, look, sorry. Uh, I saw something that was over the weekend. I, I should dig this up somewhere, wherever it is. Uh, where the, uh, one of the, I think it's the iPhone, Apple is suggesting that you use a hands-free uh, speaker phone and stuff like that and not hold the, the phone up to your ear. And it's like, it wasn't that long ago, like 10, 15 years ago, you know, when some people were like, oh, you know, people are getting brain tumors. And those those were the people that were being, you know, uh, cast aside because they were wearing tinfoil hats and, mm-hmm. and stuff and stuff you know, like that, you know? And it turns out, the more science we see, the more we're finding out that, that, uh, you know, there's something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So the FDA is supposed to be in charge of protecting us from that. Yeah. I can understand why they might be having a problem because they're so busy protecting us from all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. How can they fit one more thing in? Right. Oh, wait a minute. They're not protecting us. They're protecting the big pharmaceutical companies.
0: Look, if we just sell me
1: another
0: billion dollars for their budget, right? Yep. This nonsense thing called the, you know, the,
1: you know what, look, dude, it costs a lot of money to write warning letters to supplement companies. You know, that takes some, takes some, some bucks. Exactly.
0: Absolutely incredible. Well, look, we've got some more, uh, uh, video footage from the Memorial day, uh, going out to the outdoor range with the kids. And, uh, you know, it's embarrassing to me, but my daughter shoots better than me. I'm not embarrassed. I'm glad, uh, <laughs> but she's, she's going to shoot uh, my son's single. Shot shotgun uh, and when we come back to show you first time she's doing it what what happened there and uh, uh, and let's see what else we got to do Courtney Turner's back on the Robert Scott Bell show she's got a big event coming up as well you want to check that out we'll have uh, updates to rebel rebels as well uh, upcoming events for us uh, this coming weekend uh, it's a Friday Saturday event June 2nd and 3rd. Uh, in boise idaho and we still have tickets available i think through tomorrow at 50 percent off if you use the code rsb50 uh if you want to check out we the patriots usa
1: do we have any listeners in Bo- in idaho i don't know you know it's one of those things where people will sound off every once in a while like hey i'm from here i'm from there so like that i don't know that i've ever heard anybody go hi i'm yeah. fred from idaho yeah well, so if you if you happen to live in idaho yeah. uh Message us.
0: Heck, if you're from Utah, Montana, Wyoming.
1: That's right. Or Michigan. even Oregon. Oregon's right on the on the border of Idaho as well.
0: Head on over to Boise. It's going to be an amazing
1: event. We'll talk
0: about it more next hour. And uh, with that, uh, I think we'll take a pause for uh, refreshments. I, you know, I have my tea here. So it's what refreshes me. <laughs> you
1: know what Everybody else? go to the
0: lobby. Yeah. No, I'm right. going to do my yep. uh, USDA certified organic uh, mint flavored, for certified organic mint. CBD from nutritional frontiers, you go to cbdnf.com and you get it for 15% off, even when it's on sale and everything at nutritional I have a
1: new, I have a new prop. What is it? What is it? Look what I got recently. Cause you've been talking about it so much. I got some of the mega food mega magnesium. magnesium.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. So yeah, I typically do one at night and one in the morning. Oh, so uh, you take two day. of these. I do one at night, one in the morning. Yes. Yeah, so that's my normal pattern. And and remember we talked about the ex- the example of when not to take extra magnesium, but even so, this is a very hundred percent whole food form, it shouldn't be
1: problematic. So that's a hundred hundred milligrams a day then you're taking.
0: I guess it's equivalent, yeah.
1: It's to, a 50 milligram, yeah. It's not
0: a high-potency thing, but it's 100% whole food. That's why it's more beneficial. It doesn't eat yeah. intestines. It's just, it's just wonderful. That's what I do. And I get that from choosetobehealthy.com, y'all. Use the code RSB5 when you go there. A lot of the 100% whole food things we recommend are available there. Also, after the show today, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, the next Cardio Miracle webinar, we're going to talk endocrine health, hormones, estrogen, and nitric oxide. So you want to be with me for that. If you haven't signed up, Superdon did send a blast out there. There it is. Hormones and Health with me, RSB and uh, John Hewlett and Lisa Hill. That's it. The mind here's our body. That's May 30th for those of you listening and watching live. And uh, sign up even if you can't attend live and we'll get you the, the replay link as well. All right, y'all. We got Courtney Turner uh, joining us next hour and we'll revisit her story because it's so extraordinary what she's overcome in her life. She's an amazing, amazing young lady. And I appreciate her very much. She's also got an event coming up. I consider if you're not coming to the one I'm going to be at, I would be at hers. And I'm just going to say, if you're not coming to mine, go to hers. We'll talk about that and more. And again, a little bit more uh, fun at the Outdoor Gun raids when we come back on the Robert Scott Bell Show because the power to heal is yours. I woke up this morning and I thought, okay, tonight I have the Cardio Miracle webinar on the endocrine health, function, estrogen, things like that, hormones, and uh, nitric oxide. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I also supposed to do uh, the the clubhouse thing for advanced medicine. You know, now that uh, Dr. Batar has passed, uh, Jim Gerges had invited me to do it. And then I realized, oh my gosh, it's Tuesday, not Monday. Did I miss it? And uh, Superdon, I still don't know. I think Jim's in the audience right now. Did I miss it? And if so, I'm so
1: stupid. <laughs> this morning, I was like, okay, I got to remember we're doing the Bridey on uh, simulcast today.
0: Right. Monday.
1: Oh, no, wait sad. a minute. Today's not Monday. It's, t- it's, I no. love, you know, I love three day weekends. We don't get them very often, but no. uh, uh, they kind of, for the rest of this week, I'm going to be off by a day. It's just, it's I, inevitable.
0: I was so disconnected. I was like, I was thinking this was Monday. And then I'm like realizing, my gosh, I, is it, was it yesterday? Did they do it on Memorial day or, or is it coming Monday? Uh, because I want to be sure to be there for that. You know, the IDFW and all yeah. the things Dr. Batard
1: did. Well, if, if you missed it, there's always next Monday. And by the way, if James is uh, uh, in the audience right now, okay, uh, let's connect. I think I, I emailed you uh, this morning, but uh, you had some questions about restream and, and okay. working on uh, picking think- up, picking up the torch and carrying it on forward.
0: Yeah, it looks like Monday the fifth, if there is one for that clubhouse group, uh, Jim. If you're there listening, I am available if you want to do that. And and my apologies if I missed it yesterday, but I didn't hear anything, and I was just unplugged until the you
1: were small. you were too busy having a little fun with the family there.
0: I, I definitely was. It was it was amazing the time with the, you know the kids going out there to go shooting. And by the way. Take your kids out. I, I didn't grow up with firearms, Super Don, at all. I don't know about you, but I, your dad was a cop. You
1: know, yeah, but I I I, I didn't. I, I was kind of a crazy kid, so I think my dad was kind of like, well, maybe we'll hold off. Hold <laughs> off on yeah, yeah, put his mind. eye out with that thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: but no, my son came in with this knowledge that I just can't explain. Uh, detailed knowledge, intricate, intricate knowledge in these very well-versed in firearms, uh, safety, training, all of that. And he's taken, you know, church groups out, kids groups out to teach them safety and, and marksmanship. And uh, so he's been the motivating factor for us. And uh, he's been great with his sister who's, you know, two years plus younger. Is that right? I think so. Three years, How? five years. Good Lord. I can't think years now. It's like crazy now that my daughter. They're all right grown up and school. it's hard to
1: keep track, isn't it?
0: Oh my gosh. This
1: is just, I'm still how ha- I'm still trauma. Today is my daughter's uh, Juliana's birthday. How old is she
0: she's 32 today happy birthday yeah she's still a baby to you though right
1: 32 dude i have a kid who's 32
0: you're an old grandpa what, what? i know from you unreal so i i just wanted to say uh going out uh to the range and outdoor ranges are so much more fun than the percussion and concussion of indoor where even if you're wearing headphone earphones like you should you double up on them but it's the intense concussion within the confines of an indoor range going outdoors is just so so nice uh, when you're doing target practice. so um, I think I think my son got my daughter uh, so his sister obviously uh, a 410 shotgun like for a birthday or something and and I don't think they had been out shooting it yet and it's a single shot and he also has a single action shotgun that he brought out and she hadn't shot that yet single action and that was the 12 gauge as opposed to the 410 mm-hmm. and I thought, we play a little bit of, of uh, her shooting that for the first time, you know, with my, my son and I, dad, tutelage, if you yes. will, encouraging her.
1: All right, here we go. Well,
0: I'm all right. oh, we're, we're out of I don't know if I like this. <laughs> so we get going my soon. hand is too <laughs> small. Wide. I can't hold it and pull the trigger. It's not going. Yep, it's a hard trigger pull. I'm scared. Use your strength. Lean into it. <laughs> right, there you there go. You,
3: oh, go. you knocked that mother down. Delicious. That
0: knocked it down. <laughs> All right. There was a uh, table standing up with a target on it, and she just knocked the whole thing just down. Just blew the
1: so, whole thing out it, there. It All right. Boom,
0: down it went. Nice. Um, but, yeah, that's the 12-gauge. That has quite a kick to it. I shot it as well. And uh, she's not intimidated by it, although, it, you know, she's like a little bit. It was the first time shooting that particular gun. But remember, we embarrassed myself, me, uh, playing the clip of uh, uh, her shooting the fifty BMG last time we were out there, and she she shot it way better than me. I blame my son for not giving me better instruction, but hey, what can, what am I going to do? Uh, but it's good to have kids not intimidated by this, and and also to know the, about the safety, the reality. You want to expose them to let, recognize the power of these things, and so they respect them and not use them indiscriminately. And I think that's an important part of raising kids here in freedom. Indeed. Yeah. So anyway, and my daughter's the, the, the one that just graduated. She's, the, 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 she's she's smart, she's strong, she's funny, she's creative, she does improv. and she does the things that are uh, my first hour or second hour guest will be joining us talking about the silks, the acrobatics, you know that Courtney Turner has done, when, oh, yeah. during what Courtney's been through. It's amazing that she can do anything. We'll go back through, revisit a little bit about her journey if you hadn't seen her on this show or on her own podcast. Um, but first, uh, real quick on the pediatric side of things. I'm not a fan of pediatricians, uh, because their primary role is to measure the circumference of the head of babies to see if they're growing fast enough. And you can, you know, you, you can measure that yourself and go against a tr- over a chart there. And then what they're really out to do is jab your children with these things called vaccines. Uh, the defender has an important article. I, I hope you read and share Nothing new here, but if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, you'll understand that pediatricians get paid big time to push vaccines. Using the average stats from 1999, if a pediatrician has thousand patients, 264 can be expected to be two years of age or younger. If all are fully vaccinated, the pediatrician would be eligible for a hundred and five thousand six hundred dollar a year end bonus, over a hundred grand bonus. Now, it's gone up since then. We've had uh, evidence presented by those uh, who have revealed these stats, these numbers, that some pediatric practices can bring in an extra 250 to 500,000 a year by getting a certain percentage of their patient population fully vaccinated according to the CDC schedule without any modification. And this is why you'll hear about pediatricians firing uh, families, You know with kids that they don't want to go the regular schedule maybe they want to modify one or two or ten things or do none at all and rather than modify them for the parents wishes they say sorry I can't have you here because the percentage would drop and they would lose their bonus so the economic conflicts of interest are very 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 real uh, taking your kids to pediatricians and I would say you'd be better off taking your kids to doctors of chiropractic by far as your family physician this may be considered sacrilege among some but not here Um, You want to look for those that are not looking to poison and inject toxic poisons into your children. I think that's reasonable. And anybody can measure the circumference of your child's head to see if they're growing. You know, what percentile, if there's a concern for microcephaly, Uh, and that would be due to uh, toxicological burdens during um, pregnancy more than anything else. Uh, But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there as something to consider. This is a good article, goes into a lot of detail on that. We do have questions of the day coming up this hour as well, and I do want to say a shout out to Nutritional Frontiers again and their wonderful products, including their EnerDMG Anytime you're exposed to glyphosate in the food supply, and that's almost always, you want to counter it with the EnerDMG It's a lozenge I travel with now, and the whole family's on it, and you can get that for 15% off with the code RSB15. That's at NutritionalFrontiers.com. That's just one of many things that are awesome uh, that they have and we utilize here as well as a shout out to the new class starting, I think maybe even today, uh, with Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. And remember among the many upcoming events, mid-October we have the big one, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, which is now tied to the Trinity Live. So I believe it's, is it Wednesday, Thursday and Friday or Thursday, Friday leading into the uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Again, it's a whole thing. You wanna be with us uh, outside of Chicago at the Tinley Park Convention Center mid-October. There are other upcoming events. We're going to talk about that, including this weekend in Boise, Idaho. Remember RSP 50 for a discount, 50% discount, good through tomorrow, the 31st of May. Today's the 30th before June hits. It's June 2nd and 3rd in Boise, Idaho. Uh, But there's another uh, big event. and here to talk about it and a whole lot more. Welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, my friend. Courtney Turner. Courtney.
3: Hello. How are you?
0: There you are. Doing well. How are you?
3: I am doing well. I'm uh, a bit crazed. Uh, this uh, event planning is not for uh, the faint of heart.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. And, uh, you know, anybody that, that puts on an event, you learn very quickly. It's not easy, folks. You got to support these events. Please attend them. Show up, support, get tickets, tell your friends, bring your friends to them. And we'll talk a little bit about your event coming up in a moment. But, Courtney, for those that missed your first appearance on the Robert Scott Bell Show... And your backstory, it's one of the most astounding backstories we've ever heard. You know, people are still in shock about what you've overcome in your life to do what you do, including the amazing acrobatics and silks and things that you do. Uh, that Which might I will be doing this here.
3: weekend. <laughs> Yay!
0: That'll be awesome. I, I still can't wait to get my daughter connected to you, so you guys. Yeah, can do some I guys.
3: can't wait either. We're gonna have to do a session together.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell everybody about your backstory. What you've overcome, the challenges you've had—physical, mental, emotional, spiritual—to get to the point that you're so passionate about freedom and the things that you're doing today.
3: Thank you. So the story goes my mother was sick during first trimester of pregnancy um, and she was, had a very mild reaction. My father had recently been very sick and it the his friend was my mom's OBGYN and the wife had also been very sick and thought that she had germ measles. So my dad thought that's what he had. And my mom was, knew she was pregnant. So she went and tied her red to see if the baby, meaning me, was mm-hmm. afflicted and the doctor was dyslexic, so the titer was read as being 112 when it was supposedly 121. Had the doctor read it as 121, then my mom would have had an abortion. They would have advised that, that you were happen.
0: saved by dyslexia.
3: I was saved by dyslexia, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> dyslexia saved my life. Um, so yeah, my uh, mother had me. And then I was born on a Super Bowl Sunday. My mom, my dad was a huge football fan and wanted to watch the game. But not only did he want to watch the game, but he wanted to watch it with his friend, the doctor. And I was not arriving conveniently. So they induced labor. But unfortunately, right when they induced labor, I had already started to crown. And so my mom was tied up with a spinal headache for the first two weeks of my life. And when she could finally sit up and hold me uh, you know, and she started to, you know, pay that kind of attention. She started to notice that uh, one of my eyes was rolling up in the top of my head and she felt like something might have been off. So she mm-hmm. starts asking questions. And, of course, they knew the doctor was dyslexic and they were covering up for this doctor. And they kept telling her, don't worry, nothing's wrong. Baby's eyes just don't focus. And she said, well, that doesn't make sense. One eye is focusing. Why isn't the other one focusing? So she had finally determined that it looked a lot like her father, who had just had cataracts, and so she decided to find someone, you know, to rule out whether or not maybe I had been born, a- born with a cataract. She did find a doctor who confirmed that I was born with a cataract in my left eye, and uh, they removed it when I was three months old. Mm. However, cataract procedure back then is not what it is today. Today yeah. is pretty routine. Lots of, you know, people have it, uh, you know, every day with no problems or minimal complications or mm-hmm. – uh, contraindications, but back then what they did was they pulled the iris and they had left debris, and so they had to go back and do a retinal cleanup. And I was three months old, so they did that a few months later. And when they did that, they found pigmentation behind the IIC out of. At that point, they determined that I was born with, they, they diagnosed me with congenital rubella. The prognosis is that I was going to be completely blind, deaf, retarded, autistic, yeah. Uh, and that the best that my mom could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. Fortunately, my mom did not take that to heart and uh, believed that that was not the case, and she kept forging ahead trying to find Uh, Doctors and solutions and uh, she really did believe I was going to be okay, but there were complications. So I had heart surgery when I was about a year old. I was born with hypertonic limbs. So for those who are not familiar, the opposite of hypertrophy when the bros go to the gym and they build their muscles, mine were not developing. Mm -hmm. uh, So I was having trouble turning over. Uh, doing some very basic, hitting very basic milestones because the muscles uh, in my limbs were not developing. Uh, asymmetrical bone development, fine graphic motor impairment. I am uh, blind in one eye. I have a uh, hearing loss bilaterally. I did not get hearing aids. I was almost six years old though, so because I learned how to speak by reading lips. And uh, so, yeah, that was. Uh, those were some of the prognoses, but clearly. We, we didn't believe them. And, uh, you know here I am.
0: <laughs> Look at those muscles. Don't tell me they didn't develop. So what was the secret? What was the, the mixtape that got you there?
3: Um, well, Oh, and one of the really just interesting little tidbit is that, mm. uh, my parents actually did Sue and it was called the wrongful birth case. Mm. So they, <laughs> I know, and I tried So I tried out for American Ninja warrior and I had never thought about like, you know, Like I knew that my parents, but I never really thought about it, you know? And my, uh, the trainer I was working with for Ninja Warrior said to me, do you realize your parents sued because you were born? And it had never dawned on me. And it, to be fair, like my parents didn't, it wasn't like that. Like that was the angle yeah. that the lawyers took because they knew right. they were going to do they just
0: needed to get, compensate for all the pain and suffering and money that right. they had to spend. In you. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So. But I just thought that was, a, yeah, it was the same lawyer as the Hustler case. So what was, there were lots of things that were involved, but I think one of the things that were really uh, instrumental actually was movement. Uh, So like for the hypotonia, I had a baby nurse who could see I had a really determined personality. And she came up with this idea, which I guess was an old school occupational therapeutic uh, technique. And she was from one of the British islands. I I don't recall which one, but she she was like, this is yeah, babies love sand and wet sand is fun for them and it'll create resistance. So she said, well, I think because she's so determined, if you just put the toys slightly out of reach, then she'll work really hard to get the toys. Mm-hmm. And so it was effective. That was the, the goal was to build some sort of neuromuscular stimuli, stimuli that would lead to uh, neuromuscular coordination and eventually just some sort of hypertrophy. And it was effective um, and so simple and fun for a kid, so, you know, for an infant. So yeah. I think that was, my mom came up with this idea and my grandfather actually built it. It was uh, to build a essentially a beam. And it was, I wore a patch over my sighted eye every other day of my childhood. So as a child, I was essentially very close to being blind and deaf every other day because I didn't have my hearing aids and I didn't have, uh, you know, I couldn't see out of the other eye that wasn't patched. And so they, my mom had this idea, well, what if to build her uh, vestibular and compensate for lack of proprioception and, uh, you know, uh, deaf perception and all of that, Uh, We built this beam and every day I would have to walk on it. And if I completed it, regardless of whether or not I had the uh, patch on and -hmm. I was successful at the end of the week, my reward was that they would make this beam narrower. (laughs)
0: wow no it wasn't like organic vegan pie of some kind or no (laughs) Uh,
3: no (laughs) yeah the the reward was the completion so the the success of the mission so yeah but then I fell in love with gymnastics at a very young age because I had that familiarity and I went to day camp at a young age and everything else was unfamiliar but I saw the balance beam I was like I know what that is and I fell in love with that from a pretty young age. And I think that helped a lot with my interpersonal development and developing proprioception vestibular. I also, so at the time there weren't many, uh, rubella clinics. It was kind of in between that, uh, timeframe where there just weren't many, you know, uh, there weren't many diagnoses of cases and, uh, the modern technology had already started to surface, but we did go to the Roosevelt Institute, uh, when I was very young and, while everybody was giving my mom this uh, terrible, dismal prognosis, they said, "Don't worry about it. She's going to be totally fine." And she said, really why? What what makes you say that? Because people are not saying that. So I had created something called Bubble Land. and it was like an imaginary world because, you know, I basically was speaking like gibberish. I did a lot of mimicking because I learned how to speak by reading lips. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was really watching all these nonverbal, which I think all children do, and actually. Uh, far more adults do than you would realize a lot of our communication is actually nonverbal. You know, yes. I'm sure you and your audience know this, but I think a lot of people don't think about that, you know, uh, you know, we I, think if I all... sat up
0: here and did pantomime for two hours. I don't know if it would work, but the nonverbal part is real. <laughs> Maybe like, not you know, on the
3: radio, but, like, uh, yeah. With me
0: watching anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I, we actually do get a lot from nonverbal and, uh, you know, even our auditory lot is, a uh, you know, perceived by what is not said. So, mm-hmm. You know, there's just so much of that is where communication lies. But children, because they don't have the socialization, they don't have the uh, you know advanced articulation of language. They're I, I the, the reductionistic way of putting this. I, because I come from background as an actress, I talk about. I say that they're masters of improv, mm-hmm. and one of the primary rules of improv is yes and. You can't yeah. say no, but or but why. You know, it's yes and. And I think children are naturally curious and playful. And so they kind of go along. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you may be speaking gibberish, but I understand you. Yeah, let's let's do this. And so I would create my own language. And I, I love bubbles. So I blow bubbles and invite my friends. You could only come if I invited you. So you had to be <laughs> invited to Bubble Land. But mm-hmm. I would invite you to Bubble Land. And we essentially did speak gibberish, but we understood each other. And what they said at the Roosevelt Institute was that my imagination was my coping mechanism. And that I had realized that you know, I didn't fit in, you know, for whatever that means, but that the mainstream world wasn't going to cater to me. And I had somehow figured out that I had to learn how to navigate and bridge Mm -hmm. the gap between, you know, what my world was and what their world was. And the way that I did that was to invite people into mine and experiment and use Mm -hmm. my imagination to figure it out. And they were like, she's going to be totally fine. And that was so profound hearing my mom tell me that as a you know, like an older child and then an adult and learning, reflecting on that, because I think imagination has been so robbed from children today. And, you know, certainly I had a more extreme case, but I think it, it, I do think they were right. I think it was a huge part of my development and coping mechanism. So I was a very avid breeder as a kid too. So I was clearly lost in that world. And I think it helped me.
0: What would I prescribe to kids who are suffering social anxiety and other, you know, limitations and debilities? I would prescribe improv.
3: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. My
0: daughter, I mentioned, we showed this on the air, uh, on the back of her uh, uh, graduation announcement, she put the five rules for improv. And one of them, of course, is yes and. Uh, Mm -hmm. and It served her so well. But one of the gifts of creation of God. I can't wait to meet her. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are going to get along famously. Uh, But one of the the gifts of God, besides life itself, and I say choice is right there. The next thing is imagination right there in my mind. Is that because... It's the c- creative capacity to co create and using our imagination that defies convention, defies boxes and limitations. It is unlimited if we would allow it or encourage it in our children or young ones. So I'm just getting texted from my daughter. Is she watching the show? Uh, oh, at, uh, uh, hey, the lady on your show is just like me, she says.
3: <laughs> mom told, <laughs> yeah. Mom told me
0: she does silks and now she's talking about it. Yes. Okay. So she's catching it. So anyway. <laughs> I R E yes, <laughs> you you'll meet Courtney one day and maybe you'll perform together on the you know the silks and rings or whatever. What's the, the I can't the, wait? What's the Lyra? The Lyra, yeah, that's it. And so uh now that she's out out of uh just graduated high school, she'll have more time on the weekends when she was doing it at the local classes she was taking. Uh, it's been so Congrats. busy for her. But yeah, no, looking forward to that. But I I so much appreciate it. you you've given us some nuances to your a journey that I don't remember from the first time maybe we didn't cover them mm-hmm. all in that great detail yeah. and I appreciate that because uh, the inspiration that we could uh, garner from your experience anybody will say wow I thought I had it tough what you went through right and you overcame it and what did you use these God-given gifts maybe you didn't have the gift of perfect sight or perfect you know hearing or perfect musculature but used your imagination and you had encouragement too From mom and family. And then you had a will to push forward and overcome a lot. And I think that's an inspiration for any young people now that are complaining that their pronouns are are wrong. Uh, You know, you find out what's really a problem, not that. Uh, These emotional issues that are just uh, so far artificially induced by people that want to debilitate kids and not allow them to grow up to be functioning adults. Uh, so yeah. these are kind of the journey, the journeys that I love to share and and yours is so extraordinary. Now we have a website called rebelsforcause.com. B E L S F O R cause C O U S E.com. And it'll take you to an event that if I wasn't already committed to Boise, uh, I would be there with you at this one. And uh, yeah. our Boise event is June 2nd and 3rd. Your event is June 3rd and 4th in Nashville and uh, yeah. rebels for cause. You have to let everybody know about it for those that, won't be in Boise with me. Maybe they can be in Nashville with you and how they can do that.
3: Yes. So go to rebels for uh, And that is rebels, plural F O R spelled out and cause C A U S com. cause stands for creative artists, uniting for the sovereignty of everyone. Nice. And it is an artist for Liberty type event. So, Essentially, I feel like there's a lot of really great information conferences, and I go to a lot of these. And one of the things that I love most about them is that, you know, it's a big tent oftentimes where people get to find their like-minded tribes and connect with other people and find out that they're not alone. But unfortunately, what happens sometimes is we get all this information and a lot of people get either overwhelmed uh, and or blackpilled. And I think that what happens with art is art is so incredibly powerful and you know, it has the power to change, effectuate change on a cellular level and it can be really fun. It's a really uh, useful tool for creating uh, bonds and forging uh, relationships and uh, fond memories. But I think the powers that be know this. And unfortunately, oftentimes it gets co-opted and infiltrated for the purposes of socially engineering the masses and culture creation. So I wanted to do something that was a hybrid of these great information conferences, but that was also really fun. And the parent company is actually Freedom Unity Network. So fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have about nine hours of art. And I wanted to honor art that is liberty minded, you know, pro-humanity, Personal sovereignty takes ownership of free will. I personally see the uh, the powers that be, or the powers that shouldn't be, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I think that their goal is to put us into a transhuman, leading to a posthuman world uh, that is controlled by an AI, high mind that they program, and then we're all mm-hmm. siloed in the metaverse. And I think the best antidote to that is for us to be radically human. And one of the ways that Uh, one of the things that makes humans, humans, we're social beings, you know, we are, uh, interpersonal creatures and we need to find our communities and build networks and resources and, uh, you know, communities. And we are also creative beings. And one of the ways that's manifested is through art. So this is, I want an opportunity to honor art that is liberty minded and that Mm. is organic and, uh, you know, uh. My fiance called it uh, the band camp and I really yeah. like that. So a platform to people who who've been banned, yeah.
0: Courtney, I want to see more art infused into these events mm-hmm. that we do, you know, yeah. whether it be musical or other performance artists, because there's an a connection to the divine when we express art, you know, the imaginative imagination that yes, I mean, I, I, I look at believe it or not, what I do is an art form in terms of the use of the words in in doing this broadcast, or even when I lecture or teach on on stage, there's some art in that as well. But to have music and song and dance and and acrobatics and all of this stuff. And I'm looking at the list of uh, artists you've got comedy, of course. Yes. Huge Mm. comedy. How about uh, it's at the bottom there is Jimmy Levy really going to be there? He's, he's an amazing Jimmy artist. Jimmy
3: Levy, I, he's incredibly talented. So I, I just did a podcast with him pretty recently. He was super excited, and uh, he was all on board. I have recently uh, heard that he's going to be uh, at another uh, event on the 4th. So we've been in talks about figuring out how to get him just for the 3rd. Right. Um, but we're, we're still back and forth, and I haven't heard a final confirmation from him, unfortunately. So, yeah, but... But the others are definitely we and not everybody's even on here. We've added some people recently. We recently, uh, just today spoke to uh Richie Onery. Uh, and he's he's like a legend. Um and uh who else do we have that we just added? Well, look
0: uh, at Susie olson Corgan, our good friend. She's tougher than I am. I can't make it all the way across country from the other event, and she is. I'm just not yeah, that she's tough. just
3: hopping all over. <laughs>
0: you got Kevin Jenkins there as well.
3: Yeah, I just spoke to oh him today gosh. also. He's definitely coming. Dude, um, awesome. Yes, I, I know. He's got a couple of other commitments too, but he is coming. Um, yeah, who else do we have? That's I know uh, we
0: wanted to get Ty Bollinger there. I think he's got a, a family a commitment that he was telling me about uh, but because I tried to connect. Yeah, with
3: him. yeah he said he's going to be out of town. yeah
0: um, but uh anyway you know if i can be at one of your events i want to be i think you're you're, yeah the plan is to make it a
3: tour we are definitely going to talk to you about making sure you can make the next one uh where we don't know for sure where it's going to be but we're looking at possibly florida texas okay and uh, we have a couple of uh you know people we're talking to in both both places but yes saturday is going to be almost nine hours of like art comedy the aerial um we have some uh, we have some filmmakers coming, so they are going to screen. I'm doing a panel with some filmmakers on Sunday. Uh, we'll do panel discussion Sunday. Um, but yeah, it should be it should be really fun. I have a bartender there. It's in the factory at Liberty Hall in Franklin, Tennessee. So mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff all over the place. But for a few hours, we're having a bartender come in, and I coined the drink. The name is the Freedom Fashioned, okay. and uh, <laughs> the bartender said he was so inspired. He's never made a drink faster, and he wants to use it for all of his other events. And I told him I wanted royalties.
0: So. Ah, so is that like if I can remember, bartender days, old fashioned? There's something called an old fashioned. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like
3: a spin off of the old fashioned, but it's really good. Yeah, You okay. let us do a little R and D. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a fun event. And like I said, I wish I could be there in both places. I know. Apparently, I wish Susie you could be there is, too. But I'm so me. glad
3: you'll be there in Sphere, yeah. and we'll make you there next time.
0: So, uh, again, the, the link's in the show notes today, and you can check it out, uh, rebelsforcause.com. If you can't remember mm-hmm. it, just come to the uh, show notes on May 30th, 2023 here at RobertScatbell.com. And, and I want to add one uh, thing
3: before I forget. Um, yeah. the Your audience for today gets mm-hmm. a 25% discount, and it's RSB. So oh,
0: jump on the discount. Use the code RSB to get tickets to the event. Very reasonably priced. Now you get 25% off of that. So if you're going to be in the Nashville area or can get there, and again, I know that a lot of people can't get to Boise. It's far afield from a lot of places, but if you can be there with me that weekend, I'm going to be there the second and third. Your event is the third and fourth in Nashville. Uh, You also have a a website, Courtney Turner and Courtney is spelled C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y Turner.com. And you have your own podcast was I on that when we were together at that event in, outside of Nashville? Was that the same thing, or was it something else? Yeah, yeah, you doing?
3: yeah. Uh, you've been on several times. Yeah, okay. we, we did one in person in the uh, the Reawakened tour. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And I
0: remember recording with you. I didn't know if it was for a different show. I can't keep up
3: with. Yeah, that. Podcasts. Well, that one actually was for Pirate Stream Media. So I've got oh, nice. I've got five shows, uh, but Courtney Turner podcast is the main one.
0: Okay. And you, you are inspiring, uh, and that's an <laughs> understatement. You know that. And I, like I said, I'm excited that maybe I can get the event where you'll do where I'm available. I'll have my daughter come with me. Yes, someday. that would be. Yeah, maybe we'll time. even
3: figure out a, a slot for her to, to do a performance. That would be cool.
0: That would be awesome. Now pressure's on, Ari, if you're watching. All right, she's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I got to get to practicing. Uh, let's go to the upcoming events tab at Robert Scabbell. Oh, there, there is the uh, appearance. right there, Super Don found it. Episode 229: God versus Government. With Robert yeah. Scottbell, the Courtney Turner podcast. Yeah, I remember we had a good discussion. If I, if my memory, I
3: love right. that, and it was so inspiring for me and uh, my fiance. We we talk about that all the time, and uh, you know, it gave us lots of ideas for the future. So we really uh,
0: and, and I talked with Super Don about your unique relationship. It's a multi faith relationship. Your background mm-hmm. uh, different from your husband's, but you know, who is to decide how love works, right? Uh, yeah. And if you can have respect in that realm, and in terms of how you worship, uh, it could be different, but that could work.
3: Yeah and to really honor freedom of consciousness and free will that's you know I think I for, I absolutely fundamentally believe that people who have faith should celebrate their faith they should be they should embrace it and absolutely shine light teach educate inform people inspire them but for you to force your beliefs on somebody else is antithetical to I, I think almost every religion, you know, mm-hmm. if you believe there's free will, then there's free will. And it's not for you to force somebody else. Hopefully you show them, you teach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although we have, uh, you know, different uh, in terms of organized faith, we may uh, follow different uh, beliefs that, you know, I've learned a tremendous amount from him. So, yeah,
0: yeah it's extraordinary. I love it. And and your, your husband to be is a cool guy. Got to meet him a couple of times, at least now. Um, I think so. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: the union is awesome, and I've also talked about the in in relationships. What's harder than having a different faith in a relationship is having a different belief on vaccines. That's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's hard to overcome. That
3: one. Yeah, that 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 was not negotiable for either of us. So, yeah. I and I, that's so it's interesting because people think that the different faiths is hard. Honestly, I think the core values are much more important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mm-hmm. you know what you believe in terms of like a you know a following a very specific doctrine i think that that's so personal yeah Um, and even even amongst people who share the same it's still it's about your relationship to if you believe in a creator it's Mm -hmm. that relationship and it's very personal so the core values though it's really hard to maintain a relationship if those are very are vastly different
0: exactly yeah. So, uh, Oh, by the way, our friend Leslie, who has a podcast on the Robert Scott Bell podcast network called stay at home, mom. Uh, she wants to reach out to you and get her you on her show. She's inspired by you as we all oh. are. Yeah. Oh, so Leslie, thank you. you. We'll make that connection. And speaking of that as well, I don't know how far you are from Southwest Missouri, but we have, go to the upcoming events tab, Super Don, and let's show Courtney as well. And also when you're planning your next event, not that you have to, but look at our upcoming events so it's not the same weekend, so I can make sure I can be there. So this yeah. is the weekend in Boise. Again, RSB 50 to get 50% off. Uh, Courtney just mentioned for her event, June 3rd and 4th in Nashville, yeah. RSB. If, if you enter that code today, if for those of you listening live, watching live, uh, you get 25% off. As we scroll down, uh, Real Solutions for Healthy Living, June 24th, a one-day event uh, in Loveland, Colorado, about an hour or so north of Denver. And then we have, this is the one I want you to see, Courtney, the RSB Family Union, first of its kind event, July 14th, 15th, and 16th on Leslie and Family Hurt, their homestead in southwest Missouri. And we're gonna we're going to have music. We're going to have creative arts at that event. It'll be a weekend nice. event. And uh, so Leslie said somebody has uh, bought some tickets already, and it's very reasonable. We need to know if anybody has the intention to go so, we, so Leslie can plan for what needs to be brought to the uh, property. And there are a few homestead sites, if you will, to camp on as well. And that's going to be a great event, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. And then as we scroll down further, we got the Maho event in Columbus, Ohio. I'll be speaking uh, open to the public event at Whitaker's Farm Market outside of Columbus and then come back for the event the weekend event at columbus the maho show for the health food store industry and then the red pill expo which is august 12th and 13th in des moines iowa uh which is uh g edward griffin we just had g edward griffin on our sunday conversation show with uh bob re from uh folium products foliumpx.com and uh, dr christner we talked about how folium is helping so many people including my mom including dr ed griffin I'm sorry, Dr. G. Edward Griffin and more. And you guys check out foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB10 to get 10% off of the folium products. Let's see what else is coming up. The Cancer Control Society is Labor Day weekend, September 2nd through 6th. And that's Glendale Hilton Hotel in Glendale, California. Some my our Southern California uh, fans and friends are, will be there to see you. Then in September uh, 14th through 17th, the Biomed Expo in Las Vegas uh, Nevada at the Alexis Park Resort. And that's going to be an extraordinary event. I'll be speaking there, uh, broadcasting and, and moderating panels. And then we have the 8th uh, Annual Your Health Freedom Gala and Symposium. That's uh, Kristen Chevrier, my friend in Utah, the 6th and 7th of October. And then the following weekend, that big one, the Health Freedom Expo. And that's October 14th and 15th, uh, Saturday, Sunday, just uh, prior or oh, just after the uh, uh, Trinity Live event. That's th- the same place. And that looks like there's something more. Good Lord, there's even more. Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Doctors Terry and Stu Warner are hosting us at a big event, including a, a film festival, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. So look at all of those events coming up, and I see that uh, Courtney is writing them down. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, if the timing doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I wanted you to at least be aware of that.
3: <laughs> planning doesn't work is that what you said <laughs> yeah no it doesn't work very well i yeah. I, I realized that uh, doing this event you, you make a whole plan and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden one thing goes and you have to move the entire thing around so
0: yes exactly <laughs> so leslie yeah. says we only have a few tickets available for the event get on the event right to go to that family rsb family mm-hmm. union how far is southwest missouri from nashville i don't even know
3: Seven hours.
0: It's about seven hour ride. Well, it's not not as far as me if I was to ride, but we're (laughs) going to find a way to get there somehow, some way. So anything else about the event uh, that you're hosting that you want people to know about what they can expect there and the kind of folks that they expect to meet?
3: Yeah. So it it is the the Friday night is a VIP meet and greet. And then uh, it is a long day. Saturday is going to be 13 hours and it's about nine hours of music, comedy, the aerial arts, um, and, uh, we do have filmmakers so they will be screening, uh, throughout like little snippets of things, lots of speakers, uh, the next day, Sunday will be a little bit shorter, but it's still a very full day. Uh, we're going from about nine to like seven or eight mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, uh, that will be more speakers. I am going to do another aerial performance on Sunday and, uh, we have uh, several panel discussions. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys and in the morning.
3: Talk. We'll have a, uh, like some of the speakers and singers who are a uh, more religious orientation. So mm-hmm. for the people yeah, who feel like they difficult. miss their church and they get it.
0: Sure. You're going to, you're going to get it there as well. And I'd yes. be eating at the, uh, what's the health food store, uh, restaurant there in Franklin. I always go to
3: urban market.
0: Yes. The urban market. I will awesome. miss it. Oh, I love eating there. That's been a fun to every time we get there to do that too. So, Again, yeah. Courtney, thanks for being on board. Love you dearly. And I uh, can't you wait too. to see you and uh, get the families together eventually as well.
3: Yes, definitely. I look forward to it. Thank right. you so much.
0: Everybody check out her event and the podcast that she does. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Thank you again, Courtney, for being here and inspiring us all. And And look at those. Did you see those biceps? She showed her biceps. They're amazing. Considering where she came from. Are you kidding me? What's possible? Just about everything. You got to believe, and then you got to act on those beliefs. All right. I know we got questions of the day coming up as well, Super D, but if we could squeeze in before the end of the show. And again, all the links are in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, including to Courtney's event and and many more things uh, from our first hour guests on environmental issues as well. Uh, So questions of the day, any other announcements? All right. Let's look at this first one from Joey, J-O-I-E. Would taking some pain mitigation homeopathic remedy interfere with a nerve test EMG diagnostic? Wow, that's an interesting question. It is a painful experience, so hoping there is some way I can help deal with the pain without compromising the diagnostic results. So I've not had this nerve EMG test done or diagnostic test done, so I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Super not. I don't know if you are, uh, but it's an interesting question because... If they're trying to determine pain thresholds or, you know, what's going on with that nerve and let's say you take a homeopathic remedy beforehand that mitigates some of the intensity of the pain, like hypericum perforatum, for instance, or, you know, Arnica, the classic ones, there's others to to consider. Uh, What is it that they're trying to determine in this nerve test EMG diagnostic? Uh, Do you you have information on that, Super D? I apologize as it was a holiday and my brain's been on holiday until today.
1: Dude, I, it doesn't take a holiday to not know what a nerve test EMG diagnostic is. Yes. No, I've never heard of it, but let me see if I can find out real quick.
0: Yeah, and so, again, I'm fascinated by the question because is it trying to determine pain levels? And if so, if you took a remedy that reduces pain levels, well, it would be accurate to the moment. But the question is, is this necessary in terms of finding out how severe the injury is oh, or EMG. you know, would it be re- recovering it? Again, we're assuming that it was written correctly. In terms of uh, the test that's being done,
1: electromyography (EMG). Okay, so it's, it's a, a diagnostic le- procedure to assess the health of muscles and the nerve cells that control them—motor okay. neurons. Gotcha.
0: So my set, my assessment. Let's say assessment based on that
1: assessment. I like assessment better. Assessment. Just call it assessment. Stop sussing me, boy. Assessment.
0: assessment. Um, <laughs> um, is that no? It would not impact the test but would impact in terms of your, if it is a painful test to reduce some of the pain, but it it shouldn't cause the integrity of the test results to be altered. That's my assessment based on the electro uh, kind of screening that this is. So Super D, hopefully that's helpful for Joey. If you got a follow-up, let us know how you do. Uh, If you need other remedies besides, uh, you know, Arnica or Hypericum Perforatum, um, and there are others that are indicated perhaps, uh, depending on what your level of Let's say inflammation, if there's inflammation pathways, reducing those inflammation pathways uh, can help maybe make the test more accurate unless it's trying to determine that the impedance associated with uh, inflammation that's present, right? Because you could theoretically and actually reduce inflammation by taking certain remedies, and so it, will it alter the test, I guess, in some ways, but I don't assess this test would do that in a negative way. All right, that's where I'm gonna go with that. And Joey, you can write me back. Or if anybody in the audience has some more insight into that, please
1: uh And I'm curious. Hey. I have never seen Joey spelled that way before. Is that was that a female? Joey J-O-I-E?
0: Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm guessing. I've not seen it spelled that
1: way either. That's a very, very cool spelling of the name.
0: Steve recommends P E A. P E A. So Pomatoy Left You know the f-
1: Not mean, Yeah. We is. don't we don't talk about P E A much. Uh, the only time I ever remember on this show, us talking about PEA, uh, that was something that Stuart Tonk was talking about.
0: That's right. Yeah. Stuart was mentioning it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks Steve. Always for,
1: uh, yes. You're ready for the next question.
0: Uh, okay, let's go.
1: I've gone full screen with it twice and it's all been wrong. Okay. Go full screen. Okay. Here we go.
0: All right. This is from Mia. Hi, RSB and Super Don. May I please have some suggestions for high estrogen dominance and a very low T3 thyroid test result? Boy. Okay. So
1: technical stuff today. Yeah, it is.
0: Now, uh, obviously, the endocrine system is interesting that you asked this question today, Mia, because today we are hitting the endocrine system in the webinar on nitric oxide. 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And Super Don, is there a link, are, are there, there a link in the show notes where you can drop in the, in the chat room in case anybody's here that's interested to sign up for free? I to go into that.
1: It's at the very top of the website. When you go to robertscottbell.com in the upper right-hand corner, there's a big banner right there. You just click on that and you can register.
0: Is it possible you can drop that link into our personal uh, chat room and the Facebook chat room and the Rumble chat room? Because I can't access the Rumble one. For those watching on Rome, I can. Yeah. And, and uh, now I'm, I'm still going to answer a little bit on this, Mia. Of course, we're going to hit the circulatory aspect of, uh, let's say, the pituitary, the thyroid, the hypothalamus, all of that, uh, you know, the endocrine function. It's determined by, uh, to some degree, blood flow information through the endothelium. Uh, however, there are minerals that are necessary, key minerals that are, are vitally necessary, Uh, for the function of the thyroid in terms of uh, normal production of of, uh, thyroid hormones, T3, etc. And of course, selenium dependent, they all are. Uh, Selenium iodine, iodine in the absence of selenium is not going to be functionally uh, sufficient. So I would utilize, if you're not already, uh, Mia, utilizing the 100% whole food selenium. That's the uh, innate response we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. And combine that with uh, An iodine. In fact, I don't have it here. If my wife is watching or listening, maybe she can grab that iodine. I, I was introduced to a form of iodine that I thought was very unique uh, that could be taken uh, orally uh, for great benefit along with the selenium. Uh, that could be helpful. But even if it's not that form, making sure you, if you're taking iodine, make sure you're also taking selenium. And again, innate response. I do personally, uh, 50 micrograms, three, three of those tablets, three times a day. Um, Typically, I'll get it twice a day because I don't. I don't often eat three times a day to think about it, uh, but I can try to get 450 micrograms. But if you're dealing with severe issues with the thyroid, I would increase the selenium level significantly, upwards of 900 micrograms of 100% whole food form, not the synthetic variety, uh, and you can see some great benefit and recovery there. Let me see. Was there anything in the estrogen dominance? Uh, well, partly again, exposure, environmental exposure. To xenoestrogens, plasticizers. If you work, for instance, in a retail environment and you're handling all the time the BPA-containing heat-sensitive uh, receipts, that's another vector of of estrogen. You know, kind of introduction from an external source. Um, that's something to consider as well. Uh, various uh, things that are impacting, including pesticide exposure, antibiotics that disrupt the gut. Remember, it's the gut-brain axis connection. Having the microbiome out of whack because of inflammation, endothelial, epithelial, etc., uh, can create a scenario where you'll have aberrant endocrine function. If you have abnormally high or abnormally low, and how is that determined? We'll talk about cholesterol. I'm not concerned so much for a cardiovascular sense, but remember cholesterol is the basis for estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. Testosterone, I think, is the one that leads to it, right? So uh, having the endocrine system balanced, in a way that some would argue sometimes you could have to do it from an external source. I'm not a fan of that, but I do know that it has helped people. Ultimately the goal would be to how do we normalize endocrine function from within that's gut health, that's circulatory health, endothelial lining, et cetera. Uh, These are the things that we will, we'll talk some about uh, today. So I hope, hopefully you'll join us uh, 5. P.M. Pacific, 8. P.M. Eastern, May the 30th. That's a Tuesday today when the first airing. And even if you can't make it live, Sign up because that way we can send you and blast you out the connection to the replay of a very important and powerful information, to, uh, you know, reveal on nitric oxide and this issue of endocrine function. So, Mia, is that no? That was Mia's question, right? You've already skipped over to the next one, I think. Have you? Are we up? Where is it? Oh,
1: go full it second. was Mia. Yes, it, it was, was me. Okay. All right. What's the next <sighs> one then? Uh, is there another it, one? It feels have? like a Monday. All right. Yes, uh, sir.
0: RSB, I'm a good friend of Tom Lokensgard. Uh, Tom was a, a denti- is the dentist, but he's retired now out of Nashville that does biological dentistry. Great guy. I was uh, uh, annoyed and upset to hear that he had retired, but he's such a great guy. I heard you talking about the gold leaf monies from Utah. Could I get the contact info to talk with someone who is aware of the product? Many thanks, John. Well, we have uh, a link to get them. Uh, and, you know, if, I don't know if you can get the website up real quick here uh, at robertscatbell.com. You'll see on the right-hand side, there are all kinds of banners.
1: I made mean, you know, it really easy for you. It's a yeah. banner, and all it says on it is Goldback.
0: Goldback. That's direct. Goldback.com. So nice. Or you can go to Defy the Grid. I think it is that you can buy them as well. Or you can set up your own um, account, United Precious Metals Association, UPMA, and they will. Get, it's free to set it up. And you can have it operating like the a storehouse, there. you know, and it, you can, yeah, So you see, if you just go there, sign up, it's free. You can set up your own account and you can have them deposited in there. You can transfer them among members. And it's a great way to start exchanging economically, even from a distance in ways that don't rely on federal reserve notes. Uh, so uh, the gold back, of course, goldback.com is the home. home this is
1: out. defy the grid here. That's
0: defy the grid where you can buy things yep. online. There are collectible ones and there are ones that are just for circulation. And uh, you can begin to uh, integrate that now. Don't wait to grow food when you're hungry. And don't wait till central bank digital currency occurs before you start exchanging in your local economy and community in goldbacks or something other than Federal Reserve notes that even if you use that paper, their value is dropping while the gold back retains it because it is still gold. Not a certificate for gold. It is gold. And that's why we uh, love and appreciate and, uh really excited to uh, regain that independence and ability to maintain a strong economic viability, even if the tanking of the Federal Reserve note happens, which has been happening since it was developed by the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 and beyond. And of course, the uh, introduction of central bank digital currencies, which they want to do to control you completely. So don't wait to make those changes. Practice now. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and see what else is going on in the chat rooms at large or at small, wherever you are. (laughs) And uh, it's time for the bonus round on the Robert Scott Bell show, cranking it up for health, freedom and healing Liberty because the power to heal is yours. Why did you say it feels like a Monday? Did I, did I screw up really badly? Something?
1: No, you were <laughs> zigging. I was zagging. It's just, it's just one of those days. All right. All right. Well, glad to be back. Yeah. It's all your fault.
0: Did we find out from, uh, our our friend who's been supporting Dr. Batar with Advanced Medicine Mondays for years.
1: I, I haven't gotten any, no, Gerges. I haven't heard anything directly, no. Okay. Uh, mm. Let me look at the chat room. So many windows to have open here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, where are you at, buddy? James Gergis. Actually, I think he was in.
0: I think he was on the Facebook chat room. He was on
1: the Facebook chat, and, yeah. So anyway, we'll get in touch with him. Okay. So actually I'm looking at the listen page here. I need to officially put the banned um, label on LinkedIn, don't I? Uh
0: banned on LinkedIn, yeah. Because we, yeah. we got board that we are definitely not welcome on LinkedIn.
1: So I've got it on the YouTube and I've got it on the Spotify. I know we were kind of holding off, so it's official then, huh? LinkedIn well, I is mean,
0: they, you know they left it unofficially official they're like it looks like you've just violated and you can't system. log into it right i mean no, you're out you
1: log in yeah right? yeah yeah uh, suckers
0: uh gregory wrightstone is also banned permanently on linkedin he was a good guest yeah in the environment as well so there you go linkedin for pussies sorry did i say that I wow did. I-, I just annoyed
1: i'm just yeah you caught me off guard there
0: Sorry, just really annoyed by that by LinkedIn doing that. Like, oh, you can't
1: handle it. You can't we go. what you're doing. There we go. Oh wait, I'm kind of late.
0: You're late it. on that, and it would have been a longer beep, two syllable <laughs> beep. Sorry, kids, uh, talking about kitty cats. Of course. Wow. Um. Yeah. Anyway, just one of those things. Just sometimes you just got to use the language as it's uh, written and what it means. There that, are
1: there are times where it is appropriate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, now that I've shocked everybody. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> Super neat. Anyway, oh, oh, speaking of uh we were talking firearms, your dad was a cop, but he, he looked at you and said, "Son, I don't think I'm going to let you around the guns."
1: And I think it was a good choice.
0: Probably, but now you're mature yeah. enough, right? You could you could go to the yeah, range responsibly. I wouldn't be like, "I wonder what would happen if I did this." Yeah, you wouldn't do that. It's like No watch this. No, don't, don't do that. No,
1: no, I, I I resisted for a really long time, but I just finally decided to grow up. So, okay. All right. I did the Toys R Us thing.
0: I really think that, uh, if there's a message, a reminder, it's like practice freedom. How do you practice freedom? You've got to be able to defend yourself when people threaten your freedom because there, there are bullies all over the place. And you know, from the playground, school, schoolyard kind of thing when we were kids to adulthood in politics or other things, um, these bullies are really cowards. And the moment you have the ability to stand up to them, they mostly will run away. And at least you could prevent a lot of altercations by being strong enough to prevent it or equalizing it, especially if you're not capable for whatever reason of defending yourself, a firearm is, a, is, a, is an equalizer in that regard. And those that really in, in, engage in that, what I call it lawfully. They're not there to try to take life. They're trying to prevent life. Now, uh, they can take a life as a tool, but so can a hammer and an ax and a bat and even your fist, if you know how to use it. But the idea here, uh, the defense of liberty, defense of freedom, Second Amendment, again, not granted by government, but an acknowledgement of a right for self, of self-defense. And that includes against tyrannical government. And, and it doesn't make me a domestic terrorist to say it, although they'd like to say that. But those of you who understand the origin, Thomas Jefferson... Well, you
1: know what what Biden would say to that?
0: What would he say to that?
1: He'd say, if you're going to take on the government, you better get some F-18s or something. A couple F-16s or whatever he said.
0: On one level, on some level, human beings are in the government, even though they're not acting very much like human beings at a certain point. Because they're removed from liability for their actions, and then they they are capable of doing great evil. Our founders knew that. That's why they tried to constrain the government in a constitutional cage or box... Or, or bind them down with the change of the Constitution—that kind of concept—and we've lost it. So to speak of it, they want to—you know—they want to re- relegate us to terrorist status simply because we acknowledge the foundation of this country. How crazy and Orwellian is that? They'll flip up uh, upside down that, that which we uh, embrace as a founding principles of our country. Now suddenly make us enemies of the state. What does that say about how right the founders were and are? Interestingly enough, so.
1: I'm not inciting
0: anything. I'm just talking about your ability to defend life, liberty and property. I
1: know. You might be getting called later though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else is going on in the chat room? Anything going on in Rumble today?
1: Uh, let's see here. Cetro Spotlight's been kind of busy in the in the chat room. Let's see what we got here. Uh he was here see she I I I don't I still don't know. mm mm-hmm. Mhm have to settle that for you know that we haven't actually had that uh that problem in a while remember we used to have that problem pretty regular people would write in they'd be like have some kind of ambiguous name you wouldn't have any idea what it was there you know because yeah. it was a concern we didn't want to misgender anybody right 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 uh yeah so that uh marge has been in the chat room hey marge uh new one gushina g-u-s-h-i-n-a hi y'all i'm always grateful when i catch y'all live Oh, nice. Thanks. It's another y'all person.
0: Y'all. We like all y'all, all All y'all.
1: That's right. And I just got, I just now, just now got an email from Pat. Okay. Haven't heard from Pat in a while. Yeah. Pat wants to know, what is your advice for someone wishing to cleanse their body of the junk injected with the COVID jab, truly asking for a friend as we did not get the jab. So, uh, I, I think your answer is going to be, um, tell your friend to send us an email. Yeah. Uh, in the subject line, put jab reverse.
0: Yes, jab reverse, and then I'll know what yep. to do. In fact, there's an immunist combo homeopathically that's doing great, great work. I wouldn't ignore other things that we've talked about. In fact, you know, if we go back to last Monday, a week from yesterday with Brian Artis, we were honoring Dr. Batar, the shock of his loss, and we talked a lot about things to help. But it wasn't specific about the homeopathics. We've got to be careful about that. But I will say, if you send in... An email to Super Don at gmail dot com with the headline Jab Reverse. Uh, we'll send you access to. I, I'm not selling anything. This is completely. I want to help, and my friend wants to help. Of course, there's a cost associated probably with getting the remedy, but um, maybe I can get him back on if he's willing to, to just show up on on the air and talk about it some more. But that, I'm glad you brought that up, Super D, in response to uh, that question from from
1: Pat. Mm-hmm. Good to hear from you, Pat. Yeah. Uh so that's it, I think, for Rumble. Okay. Um uh,
0: yeah. still in the chat room at robertscatbell.com. I know we've learned a lot of people don't have time to type in and say, Hey, I'm here, or anything. So I I will I will let it go. But if you're there, say hi. Love to know who's who's there. And I think Leslie had to go and weigh her chickens or something. <laughs> what I saw a message about.
1: Speaking of chickens, mm-hmm. I saw an article today. Uh, perusing the stuff that's out there I'll have to wait for it to pop up here but uh it was about Polish chickens
0: Polish chickens?
1: I don't know if I don't think Ula haven't seen Ula today. Yeah. Ula's been busy lately. We don't see her as much as we used to.
0: We watched uh, uh my wife and I watched something I don't know if it was on Netflix or something but it was a uh, um, um it was I think it was done in Poland. It was about a mother who's, you know, avenging the the kidnapping of her son. And uh, it was a violent movie, but it was, it was done in Poland. I think that's what it was, but they dubbed it in
1: English and it was pretty good, pretty intense. This is what a Polish chicken looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh for ha!" <laughs> I did. I Apparently know. that is a, po- it really is a Polish chicken. Yeah. Um. Also known as Poland chickens or top hat chickens. Yeah. And this is from a website, uh, one of the ones I check, called the Thrifty Homesteader. Yeah, and it's got some advice there on how to how to raise Polish chickens. I've never seen a Polish chicken.
0: It says their head dress <laughs> is so big it can often obstruct their vision.
1: <laughs> wow! What I want to know is how many Polish chickens does it take to lay an egg? I don't know. Ooh, ow! Oh, where? Well, I don't know. And herself. I don't know. She but would, anyway, be dishing this. It. I think I, I'm gonna uh, let's see tomorrow's. Wednesday mm-hmm. I'm oh I don't know if i have time in the morning I wanted okay. to get this into the uh newsletter yeah maybe I can I can put Polish it. chicken jokes tonight yeah not the jokes but all oh. Polish chickens okay. I'm curious if anybody's ever raised a Polish chicken before okay and that's not a joke uh what's the difference between a regular chicken and a Polish chicken that's not a joke either I promise <laughs> it kind of <laughs> sounds like a joke but it's not mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway Right. I was hoping Ula would be here. She might know about you know. Right, she's well, our she's our Polish uh, correspondent.
0: Yeah, she is. Yeah, uh, let's see what else we got going on today, tomorrow. Let's see, we got um, Gabriel Wrench on tomorrow's show scheduled mm-hmm. first hour from Deft Wire. A lot of stuff there. I see that's uh, connecting tomorrow. Okay.
1: Yeah, you're pre-recording tomorrow, and then also we've got uh, Gabriel Wrench. No, Deftwire.com. Do,
0: do we have Tide tomorrow? Do we know? I it? do
1: not know. I'll find okay. out.
0: But yeah, Thursday is a travel day, but we plan to have a full two hour show on travel day with Jonathan e. Mord and my good friend, Dr. Edward Griffin, uh, who's uh, a naturopath and a uh, good friend. We do a lot of trainings together and uh, we'll talk about silver and copper and other things uh, on that show. So that'll be a good uh, Thursday event. And then Friday will be live from Boise, Idaho, broadcasting from the We the Patriots USA conference event. Thanks to Brian Festa, uh, Taryn Gregson's emceeing. We got a lot of our friends are going to be there, Brian Hooker and others. Uh, Susie uh, Olson Corgan's going to be there and then head to the uh, event that Courtney's doing. I, I just couldn't be so, uh, it's just too much to, you know, cr- cross country like that. I just don't know how she does it. Uh, she's tougher than me, but uh, I, I will do that and then come home and then. Then the next event will be, let's see, we're already into June. Good Lord, that's coming up so far. Halfway through the year. Yeah. So, let's see, Don, you've got your beach trip coming up on the 16th, a weekend trip, right? Yes. That's going to be awesome. Yes, it You will. timed it well because it's not the Friday that um, Michael Bolden would be on, so we don't have to delay Bolden. That would be a
1: crime. I've been back here, gosh, how many years have I been back uh, from-,
0: from? Where were you back in?
1: Well, I think yeah. we went. We went from uh, Arkansas to mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and it's been oh gosh, it's been five, six years. Something like and you that.
0: still haven't made it to the West Coast. I
1: haven't. I haven't been to the beach. I mean, it's like three hours away, and that's yeah. like the the place that I love the most in and the it's whole Father's world. Father's Day weekend too. Is it Father's
0: Day weekend? It no, is. You have it to is. Father's Day weekend to be out. Of oh, Tennessee.
1: that was total coincidence that's really it's well it's, well, nice it's my it's my daughter's birthday is the reason why we're going. It's, going it's Laura's birthday okay so uh how old will Laura be on that birthday oh gosh Come uh on. let's see Leonardo 32. 96 so it would be 06 16 26 so minus 3 so that would be 10 20
0: 30 <laughs> carry the one add the 3 <laughs> whatever we She she's born in
1: 1996 so okay. whatever so, that works out to
0: but she would be uh 26
1: yeah believe or 27 turning i don't know she's she's the young one of the group to believe it or not yeah she's the youngest so
0: yeah leslie said you're not old enough to be that have kids that old unless you started when you were like
1: got started early yeah yeah start got started early you know 94 and 96 were donnie and laura wow and then uh jenny's uh three we did a birdie bunch thing yes and so yeah I mean, the, like I said, youngest is what, 27, you said? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway.
0: So, it'll be a great Father's Day weekend and birthday celebration at the beach. No. Uh, and what's it like in June? Because it's weird on the West Coast, especially. It's, <laughs> the West. it's, not it's
1: expensive, I can tell you that much. Yeah, it's, uh, not, it's
0: not hot either.
1: No, I mean you know on the coast you're going to be hitting you know uh you know sixties uh, fifty maybe upper fifties chilly mid sixties yeah. I like, like going to the beach it's the a north. different kind of beach it's not like a Florida beach it's not okay. like a Southern California beach it's a it's a rocky uh, gorgeous coastline it yeah. is you know we're up north you know farther north so the water's cold
2: yeah
1: but it's beautiful
2: yeah
1: it's absolutely gorgeous and the energy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's nothing like the energy of being near the ocean. No, there's no, no comparison. Zero. Yeah, it's uh,
0: a placebo effect.
1: If I could figure, yeah, whatever. If if I could, uh, if I could figure out a way to live on the yeah, coast, probably. I would do it. Yeah. I would certainly do it. It's just not mm-hmm. financially, uh, we got, we got
0: to do better at y'all. Come on, support the Robert Bell show. And
1: that's do. right. Send me to the beach. <laughs> hey, I'd live in a, I would live in a, in a, in a, in a teepee or, so, well, that would be cultural appropriation. I would live, I would live in a, in a, uh, uh just a bungalow. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't even care.
0: more Native American than, uh, what's your name? What if it? I had
1: a place to, to cook and sleep mm-hmm. and internet so I could work, I, I wouldn't care if I could be near the coast, that would be my dream. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then get a nice camera so I could take lots of really cool pictures. Awesome pictures. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, that's my, that's my, uh, my dream.
0: All right. Well, my dream is you can be at an event that I'm at again so we can have a nice reunion. Okay. Uh, something, sometime, some way, somehow.
1: And, and short-term, y- short term, short, uh, short uh, term dream is we want to see everybody at the webinar tonight.
0: Yeah. Please sign up and share it. Share the link for the webinar tonight. We're going to talk endocrine hormone uh, balance with uh, nitric oxide. And it'll, at the very least, it'll be a very educational hour together uh, live at 8 p.m. Eastern time. This is a Zoom, I believe. It's Zoom. It is and, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, and uh, sign up even if you can't be there live. That way, we can get you the replay so you don't miss it. It'll be great. So, thank you for reminding me about that. Thank you to Courtney Turner for joining us today. The inspiration she is, and Gregory Wrightstone for the first time on the air, scientist of the climate, and we definitely covered some uh, more validation to you know what we perceive and believe is correct. And again, finding alignment as well on the real issue with the environment is toxicological burdens and he says yeah i agree that's that's the thing and that's where we don't have the divide but all of the environmental craziness is about dividing people and not in in, in all solving an issue or problem that's that's real uh, and going into the climate science like he has with the book he wrote as well as what's coming out so excited to hear more about that too
1: Pick well, up. okay. So you're right. You're right. So Leslie said I'm too old to have a thirty two year old kid. See that? Yeah. How old am I, Leslie? Do you know? Yeah. How old do you think I am? You're two years younger than me. <laughs> if if you do the math I didn't yeah. get the early start, you did though. Yeah. I'm fifty four, so it's not it's not out of uh out of the realm of, of
0: you haven't hit double nickels yet.
1: No, soon. Yeah. This year, which I don't care, whatever. Whatever. I don't care. uh,
0: Today at the gym, uh, Tim, the trainer, he used to be, excuse me, a member uh, and he became a trainer. Good guy. And he's got a history of martial arts. He turned 55 today, double nickels. So happy birthday, Tim. Not that you listen to the show, but uh, appreciate you as a trainer. I got to bring him some silver and copper. Speaking of which, you know, we gave away some of the sovereign silver and sovereign copper and the sovereign gel. I think only three people I got addresses from to send. And one of them was the the gift of the pillow that I'm going to send to Leslie. But, um, are there more people? I only saw three emails and I think we were given away.
1: Yeah. That's all. That's all I got. So, okay. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. I think this is the one it, for the last one. I don't know. You, I, you
0: win these things and people won't even send their address, so you can send them and say, thank you. You won something. All right.
1: We'll just roll them over to the next contest.
0: Let, let me look briefly at, at uh, June because I want to try and do a Saturday event uh, okay. for June. Uh, and it looks like the 25th. No, that's a Sunday. I'm sorry. The 24th, which is the week after you're back from your holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, June twenty fourth could be a good one. We could do a noon Eastern, nine AM Pacific, AMA on Zoom for our patron supporters.
1: Let's just do it, AMA. <laughs>
0: yeah, for the twenty fourth of June. And by by the way, uh, Super Don has been putting up Advanced Medicine Mondays on uh, on Patreon. So if you guys want to visit back nine years of uh Advanced Medicine Mondays, four hundred twenty five something episodes, uh, he's adding them to the Patreon mix you guys can hear
1: i don't think i put any up over the weekend so i'll yeah. have to put some up now
0: but early years of Batar on the robert scott bell show
1: 2011 and
0: 2011
1: that was a while ago huh yeah
0: so that's another bonus among many bonuses you get by being part of the uh, patron support group of the robert scott bell show thank you for all
1: that. right june 24th 9 a.m pacific yeah noon eastern our next ama so we'll do a saturday we, we did two weekdays in a row for
0: the last two months but we do have a Saturday available. Hopefully, that doesn't change. We'll let you know. So plan ahead for that. Become a patron supporter of the Robert Capell Show, and thank you.
1: For Pat that. is mm-hmm. listening. Yes, she heard us uh, answer her question. She just okay. wrote back, and she said, "Yeah, apparently, she uh-huh. uh when she placed an order for baby chicks, mm-hmm. they gave her a Polish chicken as a freebie. A freebie uh, with her per with her baby chick order.
0: One. Does po- that what does that say about the value of the Polish?" Chicken? <laughs>
1: Buy three chicks, get a Polish chicken free.
0: No, I didn't. order. No, I no, I should. It looked adorable. Just oh, yeah. need a little bit of a
1: busy a pet little pet rooster. Pat says, okay. That's All right. Send the picture. If you don't mind. I, well, yeah. I would love to see a picture of yeah, a Polish I, chicken. Yeah, please. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right, man.
0: Okay. Well back out into the garden for a little while. Uh, I've got to do some writing I've got some calls to make. And then tonight the, um, the AMA. No, it's not the AMA. It's the uh, Cardi Miracle webinar, webinar. on oh, endocrine function. So
1: I'll see Lisa you. Lisa Hill and John Hewlett. John Hewlett will be there. Excellent. So look forward to seeing you. I will be at a T ball game for Riley oh, and man. then celebrating uh, Juliana's birthday tonight.
0: Well, can you get a like a video of Riley hitting the t- from the tee or something?
1: Absolutely, I've got videos already of that. I'll I'll uh, I'll play it I on would, the show tomorrow.
0: I would love to see that. That that's one for me. I remember those times when the kids were that little. Oh yeah, yeah. When they hit the tee and they, they hit it and the ball goes and then it's like a bunt, but they get a home run.
1: Oh oh, and it's fun because the way they do is they have all the other kids on mm-hmm. the other team. They have like like eight of them that yeah. are like standing there and they're supposed to catch the ball. Right. And so they're all like wrestling with each other trying to get the ball you know so like I, and then half the time when somebody hits the ball a little kid hits the ball they hit the ball and they go oh and they look at it. And everybody's going yeah. run run and they're yeah. like what and they start running to little third bit. base and it's like no first base and <laughs> anyway yeah it's it's a lot of fun so yeah I'll, uh, I'll i'll play a video tomorrow okay sounds like fun
0: all right y'all hope you had a good time today on the show thank you for your support thanks for being here share the show that's all i ask a little bit uh, and then Beyond that, everything else was a bonus, including the bonus round. And uh, for those that won't be with us tonight, I'll see you tomorrow, less than 22 hours for now, on the next edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you. Have a good afternoon, everybody.